Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom. It's episode 274. I'm Dave and I'm here with Rich. Rich, how are you going? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. Nothing to complain about. Man, I've got plenty to complain about this week. The state of the world's in a sorry state. Um, no, I... No, that's normal. There's no point getting upset about it. So true. <laughs> it's not dark yet, but it's getting there. Bob Dylan said that to Marlon Brando in the mid-60s before he put it into a song in the late 90s. When Bob, when Brando asked him what he was thinking about, he said, "It's not dark yet, but it's getting there." <laughs> fair, fair, fair enough. I, I mean, I think it's there already, but it uh, probably is there by now. Yeah. Um, well, I'm fresh off a tennis win today, so I'm feeling pretty good about life, man. Like you know, I you, you know me reach out on the hard courts. When I lose, I'm a sour loser. You know, I'm grumpy. Oh, quite the sour puss, yes. Yes, but uh, not so when I win. It's a, it's a delight. I'm a delight to be around. And um, also today, Rich, I caught up with her fellow god of the game, Ray, and we had lunch. And uh, that was that was a gathering of the gods, just me and Ray sitting down. You know, every now and then we like to review the state of our kingdoms. You know what I'm saying, Rich? And we like to go over it. He rules... With a looser hand than me, I prefer. I think, I think most people. I think most people do that. Dave. I prefer a police state, as you're aware, Rich. Uh, you know, everyone. Ju- everyone's aware of that, Dave. Judge Dredd roaming the streets, cracking down on law. You know, law and order is number one in my province. Ray's more easy going. He's more of a chilled out individual. Um, and I say, God bless him. I mean, it's his lands. He can rule as he wants. You know, and I, many times I've said, are you ready to join me in the war, Ray? And he's like, wow, who are we fighting? I said, everybody. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of people. The endless war. Now, um, in terms of, obviously, you know, obviously you're probably watching the news. We've seen my tennis victory, probably saw some highlights. What else has been uh, occupying your attention this week, Rich? Uh, not much. Not much. Been a pretty wow. pretty quiet week this week. Uh, I've been watching a bit of uh, uh, X Men nineties cartoon. Oh, cool! Nice. The, uh, the played, classic animated. Yes. Uh, played a bit of the Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Pretty fun. Oh yeah, what's that like? Yeah, it's fun. It's yeah. it's very much like the old arcade beat 'em up game, which is good. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And just doing some drawing and stuff and all that, so, you know. I nothing, saw nothing's... what was like a zombified cable that you sent me, it looked like. Is, was that... Uh, just my, my version of a, of a sort of cyborg yeah, character in a dystopian cool. future. Well, good. I mean, Rich, w- what about doing just a comic of that, just for me? You know, do, do like the adventures of that guy. Do like a 20-page like book of that. One day, one day. I say do it tonight after the show. Sit down on your drawing board and whip something up. You know, we can promote it on Signal for you. You can put it on Comicsology. Uh, I've got I've got too many ideas. That's my problem. Really? Well, we. I'm, I'm busy. I'm busy doing a, a drawing at the moment where I'm doing uh, my own Japanese characters. Right, like uh, anime face, facing off against it. In my style, but like one's yeah. called Armored Bug, the other one's called Iron Fox, and I'm kind of just doing them facing off, and then I'm going to do it like a Street Fighter 
good type of good um, thing. Where it's like they're facing each other in the street. So that's just something I'm busy working on at the moment. That sounds pretty cool. I like that. I like that a lot, Rich. What about putting? I'm just going to throw this one out there. Putting like a vampiric monster in to the street fighting scenario. You call him vampire monster. Uh that's already in the game, so no. Okay, just tossing ideas out that's, there. Uh, if you if you want, mate, if you want that, go play Darkstalkers. Okay, yeah, sounds pretty cool. Um, that's all the that's all the monsters like um, uh, you know a vampire. It's mm. got a succubus. It's got Frankenstein's monster. It's got abominable snowman. It's got a really? werewolf. What's it called? Darkstalkers. Yeah, Darkstalkers. The old. It's an old sort of uh, fighting game. Okay, cool. Never heard of it. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I mean, but really, I think uh, don't forget my idea: the killbot that recharges like in some sort of a ship. It goes out, fulfills its mission, and at the end of the mission, just retreats back into the recharging unit and folds itself back in. Every issue. Yeah, it's a re- that, that, that's called IG eighty eight. So no, I, I love IG eighty eight. Jesus Christ, I love it. <laughs> inspired by, loosely inspired by IG eighty eight. That story. I, uh, uh, why is there not more IG-88 stories, Rich? Why Why is Star Wars so scarce? Well, he doesn't really have much character. That's the problem. <laughs> I, find he's got ju- I find he's got just enough for me. Perfect. Well, that's, that's good for you. <laughs> Judge Dredd versus IG-88. That'd be a battle I'd like to see. Yeah, but to be fair, Judge Dredd can go up against anyone, which is nice. So Yeah. I mean, I'm just t- tossing ideas out there tonight, man. I mean, So, Rich, the first item on the agenda tonight is I want to say R.I.P. Jimmy Khan uh, passed away. Uh, great actor. Great actor. Probably a slightly un- underrated actor. Uh, liked him in a lot of things. I mean, Misery was where I first got exposed to him. But, I mean, he was in a lot of projects and he passed away this week, Rich. I believe 82 was the age. I think so, yeah. Sounds yeah. right. I saw a funny thing on Simpsons where they had Jimmy Khan on Simpsons and he goes, uh, most men like to test themselves, not me. <laughs> it was Jimmy Khan. <laughs> and he was in the boxing ring. I don't know what he was doing in there, but it was pretty funny. And um, did, you, did you have any favourite movies of Jimmy Khan? Um, Thief was a good one, I can tell you. Ro- mean, Rollerball I mean, from the I'm, 70s. I'm, I mean, obviously the Godfather's, yeah. the Godfather 1 is good. I mean... Um, good actor. He so many though. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I could. Uh, he was in Vegas. The uh, you know when they rebooted Vegas in the TV early two thousands. Yeah, a TV show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but I I liked him in music. Uh, he, was, uh, he was in the Eraser with. Uh, he was. Yeah, he's, he's done a lot so much that it's quite hard to like pin down. I I tell pin you what though, exact good one. have you seen Thief, the Michael Mann movie? It's like early eighties. No, good movie. Good. Movie. I recommend that. If you're after a good movie that he's that he is the lead in, that's that's one of the best ones I've seen him in. Misery was the other one that I always thought was a great movie. Oh yeah, Misery's a good one. That's a that's yeah. a Stephen King one. That's good yeah, too. With Kathy Bates. Kathy, I mean, yeah, Kathy Bates is awesome in that as well. So yeah, indeed. Um, yeah. So I mean, look, a life well lived. Frankly, now I also do want to say uh, welcome. To new listeners, uh, we had the Ed Greenwood interview uh, this weekend just gone. Um, I did almost three hours with Ed about the Forgotten Realms. Rich, have you listened to it yet? Yeah, I'm up to Good. one hour and 50 minutes. You enjoying it? Start talking about the um, the Serpent Kingdom. Yes, you enjoying it? It was a pretty good. Yeah, it's good, man. He's, he's thoroughly entertaining. 
Yeah, he's a very entertaining guy. I totally agree. I had a great time talking to Ed, and uh, he's happy to come on again. Um, and, yeah, and we're, we're looking to have a couple more D&D people on. Um, it was an absolute pleasure. You knew how excited I was for this interview, Rich. I've been researching and doing all sorts of stuff, um, and it was just an absolute pleasure. Uh, so shout-out to Ed. Thank you to Ed uh, Greenwood for coming on the show and being so, you know, uh, generous with his time. And also a welcome. It's actually our most popular episode ever uh, in terms of downloads, outreach, everything. And that's up against some pretty hefty numbers that Chuck Dixon brought brings in every time he comes on. But, uh, yeah, it's an amazing uh, – I, I think it's a slightly different audience. Um, and I just want to say welcome to those guys. Stick around because the party has just started. It, we play all night, rock and roll all night long, basically, or until my bedtime, which is generally about 11.30, 11.30 <laughs> I was p.m. just about to say, party all night long until it's Dave's bedtime. Yep. So Davey has to go and get, get his little sleep in because he's got tennis early in the morning. Um, yeah, but, like, such a pleasure to, to talk to Ed. I really enjoyed it. Now, Richard, um, on the show, many times I feel you've – I would almost call you – almost a denier of alien contact. Would you agree, Rich? Like, you're very sceptical, a heavy sceptic, constantly disputing the claims you, you're not confident yep. about the birthing chambers and the pyramids etc cetera, etc cetera. that is 100 correct yep I'm well not a, i'm not a i'm not a crazy nutbag like you well how about this richard uh breaking news as of this week a heartbeat signal is coming from a distant galaxy Oh, my God. Yep, that's Aliens it. confirmed. Jesus Christ. Lock it all down. Oh, my God. Well, the sound from outer space. Not oh, my really, God. Not really lock it all down, Rich, but what it's saying to me is there are aliens. They they are out there. They have civilizations. They have radio waves, blah, 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 all that stuff, just like us. It's out there now, Rich. Your response? Um, I'm waiting for your concession speech. Um Oh, there'll be no concession speech, mate. Don't worry. Because <laughs> you get far too excited for the littlest thing that means nothing. Well, this feels like it means a lot. And they've got the new telescope now as well. I've been following the situation. Um, they've got the new telescope, which you can peer much further into the past and deeper into the galaxies than ever before. We are closer and closer to contact, Richard. Goodness and me. Yep. And I think... People like you are going to be the ones with egg on their faces, basically. You know? I don't. Well, you know, as long as you're happy to think that, Dave, I'm not going to. Well, I mean, what's it going to take for you, gonna, Richard? Are they, gonna ha- are they going to have to buzz you? you are you going to have to see the aliens yourself? Or if you. Yeah, it, un- un- until they knock on my door to say, hi, I'm Earl, uh, <laughs> n- new to the neighborhood. What about if you get um, proof from the scientists that. They actually can can get stuff now, transmissions from other civilizations. Will that will that sway yeah. you at all? Nope. Until an actual alien comes down to this planet. Why? They, they may not have the technology. To, they may not have the technology to get here. Well, but, you know that's great because we've got the technology to fake it all. So until I see an alien and can shake their hand, no, I think you nada. But why are you so resistant? Because I think the cover-up's gone the other way. I think we've covered up the existence, not fake the existence. I think we've covered up the existence. And I'm pointing at Area 52. You know I am. Or Area 51. Here's the thing, thing, Dave. There's no point in arguing with Mm. a crazy conspiracy theorist because no matter what you say, 
they'll go oh, it's just what they want you to believe man oh that's got they fool, they got you fooled that you they want you to believe that and it's like okay well then no fact or counter argument i give you is going to make any because you've got an answer for but what's your counter argument to the, to the crash landings at roswell what's your counter argument What's your counter but argument no to the Air Force pilots? Well, what 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 proof is there? Well, there's the Air Force pilots who are saying we, we've got a we've got an object. They were saying, okay. Yeah. Well, again, uh, verbal shit is not proof. They, Anyone they can were, claim anything. They were in the air watching it, and they were watching it bounce <sighs> around in the skies. Yeah, great, mate. Where's the proof? Oh, okay, I think it's locked up by the that's, U.S. government. That, that's, no, that's just that's just fucking people talking shit, man. Come on, that's not <laughs> proof. Anyone can claim anything. That's the thing. <laughs> I don't know why you're so resistant, Rich. I, I, what about my story about the alien thing going over my head when I was driving home? I saw it with my own eyes. Have you got Have you got video footage? No, no, fucking video footage. But this massive well, blue then, light. Then, then it could be anything. This massive blue light. <laughs> but but what is it? Tell me what it is, Richard. This massive blue light. I can't tell light. you what it is because I wasn't there, Dave. Yeah, yeah, I was there, and I tell you what. I, I actually thought it was going to be. We also know that you have a vivid imagination, Dave. So, you know, it's like, you know, what do you want from me? Like, you've proven on the show that you have a very wild imagination. <laughs> yeah, well, the jury's out. But anyway, um, funny news, actually. Remember Army Hammer, who ran into allegations of uh, <laughs> cannibal eating and. Um, and uh, yeah, sexual coercion. Yeah, uh, and he got kind of cancelled from cinemas. Well, he's now working as a timeshare salesman in the Cayman Islands, after all, um, where he is based normally. So he's he's fully apparently out of cash, unemployable by Hollywood due to the uh, alleged sexual shenanigans and alleged cannibal um, stuff. And yeah, unemployable by Hollywood, and now working as a timeshare salesman. And dead broke, I apparently, Rich. Happened, I think that happened long before that because he's not been in a movie for fucking ever, man. Well, three years. The last movie was de- the last movie he was in was Death on the Nile, which which came out, but that that was filmed prior to the allegations being made public. So it's been about two and a half years since uh, his life's come crumbling down, and uh, he's now working as a timeshare salesman from a cubicle, Rich. So how the mighty have fallen, you know. Oh, I don't know if I would say mighty, but that is that <laughs> certainly has fallen. <laughs> he was the guy who was going to be cast as Batman in uh, George Miller's Batman movie, um, the Mortal, whatever it was called, um, Mortal something, and then it got canned like days before it was going to start filming. Um, now, I watched an Arnie movie this week uh, with Michelle, The Sixth Day. Mm. Excellent film. Excellent film. Um, really enjoyable film. Actually, can I say, Richard, uh, more enjoyable than most modern films? I think personally. Yeah, that was the one where it's a, it's cloning, right? Yes, indeed. It's like set yes, in the yes, near future. I mean, it's got like Michael yeah. Rappaport. Yeah, man, I really enjoyed it. I was on a bit of an Arnie kick, um, and we watched that one, and we also watched Erasure, which you mentioned earlier as well. We watched both of them, but I, I really enjoyed Six Day. I thought it was a lot of fun. I don't think I'd ever watched it fully through. End of Days and Six Day are both good movies from Arnie. You know, from around the <laughs> late 90s, early 2000s. Um, and I also watched, Rich, The Silver Bullet, which was um, Adam and myself are doing a Judge Dredd episode. Uh, you can come on next week if you want to do it with us because uh, Adam had to postpone due to having a cold, sniffles. 
Um, and we're doing Cry the Werewolf um, on the next Dread or yeah, Dead next I, week. I, I, I thought you said he had to cancel because of a cult. I was like, oh, okay, that's, yeah. that's weird. A cult. I wish it had been a cult, yeah. yeah. Man, I should start a cult. I'd be such an awesome cult leader. I would be. Uh, okay. I would be, man. Seriously. Can you imagine all my crazy rules? I can imagine it. I just don't know how successful you're going to be. You're going to have to need some real crazies to join. <laughs> I'm going to be tithing the fuck out of my, you know, flock as well. Like in terms of like, it's not going to come cheap. That wisdom I have will not come cheap. That'll be, that'll be on my slogans, you know, buy in to get the secrets to life from Dave. Buy in. Nothing comes for free in this life. All that kind of stuff. There's enough crazies out there. I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could be. Sure. Sure And if you want a taste of it, join the Patreon. Signal of Doom. Patreon.com/slash Signal of Doom and join up the Patreon. That's one way to get started. That's a way to really, practically, effectively help the show. You can pay it forward and help us promote the show to become bigger than Ben Hur. You know, that's all part of the cult, but. You know, join up. It's the first step to being in the cult, and I think it's a great cult to be in. Now, um, Silver Bullet. So this was a werewolf thing, which Adam mentioned. I got hold of it, watched it. Uh, I said to you, it was aggressively okay. It wasn't terrible by any means. A young Corey Haim, um, uh, Gary Busey was good in it. Um, but I never felt the movie got out of, like, second gear. What did you think, Rich? Yeah, it's the same. I've seen I saw it a while ago because, obviously, I'm a big fan of werewolves. Um mm. The only thing that that really saves that movie is um, um, Gary Busey. Uh, Gary Busey, because he's just fucking thoroughly entertaining. He's very entertaining <laughs> in almost everything. So he he makes that movie for sure. If you had to name your favorite werewolf movies, like if you you know if you had to list a couple that you think are must watches, where what would your you know where would your votes be? And you can go from obviously you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you've got the classic, like, uh, American Werewolf in London. Right. Uh, another one is Dog Soldiers. That's a really good one. Okay. Um, um, uh, the Howling is very good. The first That's a movie, classic. It's a classic. Not, 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 the, not the sequels. No. Well, they milked the concept dry. Well, they yeah. did that with a lot of stuff in the 80s, let's be fair. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, Not Marinelle Street Seven, other, but, but I would say, but I would say that's my that's my top picks. So the Howling and American Wolf in London, basically, and Dog Soldiers, yeah, and Dog Soldiers, yeah, cool. Um, all right, now Thor: Love and Thunder has had a lot of discussion this week. Uh, I went and saw it last weekend. I know you're steering away from it, Rich. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Now, I will say this. Look, it's enjoyable enough. It's a very uh, lightweight movie, extremely lightweight. Like it's a it's a comedy, um, more than it is anything else. You know what I mean? Like it's it's it, it is a, almost a flat out comedy. Uh, there's going to be uh, what do you call them? Spoilers in this review because frankly, you're adults. Um, nothing to really write home about it it's a forgettable movie like it will be forgotten in six months you know what i mean you will not think of this movie uh he's good hemsworth's good um natalie portman's fine that's not the problems of the movie the 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 very slight story 
uh, when they go to the God's Kingdom or God City, whatever it's called, Infinite City, uh, the movie takes a real downturn. What should have been a really good moment, Russell Crowe gives one of the worst performances he's ever given. It, he's actually terrible. Um, it's all played for laughs. He plays Zeus, and I, I actually don't think you could play Zeus any worse than Russell Crowe plays him. And I'm sure that's on the director, uh, you know, as well. Oh, sure. You know, it's it's both of them, though. The actor delivers an appalling performance. The director was obviously guiding him, letting him do it, and it was – it almost couldn't have been any worse than that. It's a small part of the movie, but it's so bad it sticks out. You know what I mean? It's similar to – remember in Doctor Strange when they go to the um, – Illuminati, you know how that's kind of in the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's similar to that, like it's a, in the middle a part of the movie. And whereas I enjoyed that Illuminati stuff, this is terrible. Um, there's just not a lot to it. Like even as I'm trying to remember it, like yes, there's stuff about uh, the stuff with Jane Foster's okay. Uh, probably, frankly, it's not that big a part of the story. Um, Thor is still worthy, so it it doesn't have the drama that the comic had where he was unworthy. Uh, just all in all, uh, I'd give it, if I'm being, I feel generous in giving it a seven. It is reasonably amusing. Like, it's enjoyable enough. It's just very lightweight, though, as lightweight as any of the Marvel movies that I've, I've seen, any of the Marvel Cinematic movies, it, it, like an Ant-Man kind of thing where it's just like, you know, it's a bit of fun, but like even so, I felt it was underwhelming, frankly. And I'm not surprised by the mixed reviews, frankly, because it it doesn't. Um, it's it's nowhere near as good as Ragnarok, for example, which we watched a week before in preparation. Ragnarok is a far better movie. Um, this movie, I think you made the comment about Josh Shoemaker. It's nowhere near as bad as Batman and Robin by any means. Like it's not that bad. It's just very no, no, no. lightweight. The, the comment in regards to the Joel Schumacher is not the 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 quality of the movie. It's about uh, leaning too heavily into something that you think mm. uh, was was popular. So, yeah. as I said, after the Tim Burton stuff, which was a lot more dark and dreary, yeah, Joel Schumacher added a bit of light to the uh, to the franchise, and mm. obviously people enjoyed it. So he decided to go extra. He doubled down on. Yeah. On that, and I and I said that is that is what the person who who uh, gave me a review of it said is that mm. Taika Waititi has doubled down. He did. On, he does. Yeah. On the humor, there's bits of he. You're right. Yeah, he did, and like unashamedly, like it's just too. Uh, it's not just jokey. The the story itself is very sort of like only half there. If you know what I mean, like it's not much of a story. Um, Chris Hemsworth is good. I will say that he is good in it, and he, that helps the movie, you know, a lot because uh, he's in it way more than I thought he was going to be. He's he's the star. The, the, the funny thing is, Chris Hemsworth actually gave a um, uh, a thing where he said it's like this, and he, and he meant it as a compliment. But to my ears, it was it was more of like uh, this is why I don't want to watch it. It's because he basically said it's like it was made by a seven year old. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it, it is very juvenile in that sense. Look, I, I just think almost it's one of these things where it's, you know, he's such a wacky director and we've all given him so many pats on the back and this just shows you 
when it's just wacky, wacky, wacky. And um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm not surprised. I don't know what the box office is like. We can actually go to box office while we're here. Um, I, I assume the box it's office. Doing, I think it's under um, uh, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. I mean, this this whole uh, this whole um, phase of Marvel, a lot of the movies have been underwhelming. You know what I mean? A lot of a lot of the product has been on the underwhelming side. You know, it hasn't it hasn't lit well, people up. I think they've created their own problem mm. in that the other movies were building towards something. Each yeah. installment was building towards something, but none of these seem to be setting anything up really which is fine i mean i'm happy with a movie to be its own thing but they've created the um the the setting as in like everyone goes oh it's it's supposed to you know all tie together it's all supposed to lead to some big thing but if you watch them you're like i don't know what you you knew all the other movies were, were heading towards thanos yeah yeah you know what i mean like it was set up okay we're all we're we're building towards this thanos thing but you don't. There's what is the building towards? What? How are all of them linked? What are they? What are they building towards? No one knows. And so I don't I think, care so much about that. Like I, I feel this no, no, is a no, bit more free form. Uh, no, no, I don't either. But my point is, they've set the standard. They've set mm. the precedent mm. for the fans to expect this to tie in mm. to something else. I think it's a transitional phase. I think, like honestly, I Probably. think it's looking for direction. I, I think they don't have the direction, and they've also got a bit of a sort of some of the lesser lights, you know, sort of <laughs> taking centre stage and I don't know. It all feels a bit transitional, uh, a bit directionless. This, But by the way, this movie uh, doesn't help that scenario in any, in any way. And I, I don't know, part of me doesn't care really, but if only this movie had a bit more or any gravitas. Now, I will do – it's got a couple of spoilers uh, in the um, – trying to. so the – look, okay, we're all fucking adults here. We all know Jane Foster, in the, as in the comics, had cancer, which when she turns into Thor, um, it sort of goes away, but when she comes back, it's really bad. Uh, she does – so one of the end credit scenes is she, she does she dies, basically, at the end, and she enters uh, Valhalla at the end and meets, like, Hemdall and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's a very brief scene. So that's where she goes. And Hemdall, Idris Elba is there and stuff like that. So that's one thing. But the one thing you might like, Rich, um, and I want to get your view on, is – so basically Thor uses – um, Zeus's thunderbolt against him because Zeus is just a complete clown, and it looks like he kills him, but he doesn't kill him. It looks like you're like, really? Did he just kill Zeus? In in a you know, but then it goes to a, in the mid credit scene, you see Zeus is recovering still with the wound around his heart, and the women are sort of tending to him like he's slowly healing from his wounds, and he brings in his son for retribution, which I thought was going to be Ares, but it's actually actually Hercules, Rich. Um, so you see, he, he kind of gives the mission to Hercules to go and get revenge on Thor for the indignities that you know has befallen him. So you, you and who's Hercules, or does he just mention? No, Hercules? he you do see the guy. Um, I'll 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 Google it now while we're talking. Um, and Hercules kind of goes, "Yes, it shall be done," or something like he just sort of like he chuckles or something, you know, like he you know, yes, I will do that, Father. Uh, let me type this in. Oh, hold on a sec. Uh, how do I spell the fucking name? Herc. 
Hercules. Actor Thor. Let's have a look here. Uh, da, da, da. God, it's just who is the Hercules actor in Thor? Brett Goldstein. There you go. The f bombing, the f bomb dropping Ted Lasso star Brett Goldstein, whoever that is. He's in that show Ted Ted Lasso. Um, you know the thing about the uh, I think it's the soccer coach or something. You you know that show. Oh my god! That really? Oh, okay. Fair not enough. the not the lead actor, but a guy. No, no. From I'm looking show. up. I'm looking up Brett Goldstein, and wow, that is okay. Fair enough. That's yeah, not well, exactly what I picture Hercules as, but all right. And isn't? I mean, I'm no Hercules. You're a big Hercules fan, aren't you? Like, isn't he Thor's buddy normally? Oh, they have a they have a rivalry. They they okay. frenemies. Okay, cool. All right, well, there you go. So maybe that fits well. And um, are you excited by that, Rich? Like, that's one thing I thought that you might have enjoyed. Oh, I would have been until I saw the actor. <laughs> <laughs> well, he looks small for, for my liking. I, I always thought Hercules was a big sort of beefcakey guy like uh, Thor himself, you know? Yeah, I think this guy's actually, unless he's got a really tall um, wife or girlfriend, he looks pretty short. Odd decision. Um, but but like I, I think what this is showing. But look, I mean, look, I mean, look. Chris Hemsworth beefs up for these roles, so does. Mm. I mean, you know, they, they they could they could beef him up. I mean, if they beef him up, uh, you know, I, I I could see it. But right now, I'm just like, wow, that guy's like really skinny. Like, yeah, and he looks skinny in the. He looks skinny. Did, did he have stubble or did he actually have a beard? Don't know. Can't remember. Um, I think it was more like a stubble. Like I can see in all these pictures he's got here. I think it was like that. And he has to have a beard. Well, I can't actually remember, but he was kind of half in darkness and he was kind of in armor. It, to be honest, it looked a bit shit. <laughs> well, they, they, well, probably darkness because they probably used a bit of CGI because he probably wasn't body ready, I'd imagine. Unprofessional, then. Not for a cameo. Not, not, not for a cameo. Well, it's not his fault. They probably cast him pretty late and, you know, yeah. you need quite a few months to, to bulk up for these roles. Well, get on the roids. You know what I mean? That's what that's what a lot of these guys do, you know. They, but my biggest, but but this is my biggest issue with bringing Hercules into say Thor, right? Is that Thor already acts like Hercules now? Mm. So what we're just going to get two characters acting exactly the same when Thor is always supposed to be the more serious one, and Hercules is the, you know, sort of screw up, you know, um, boisterous. Don't take don't, don't take everything seriously kind of character, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Oh, well, I mean, look, it is what it is, but I, I thought you'd like to know that. So they're setting – and by the way, I mean, Russell Crowe is just terrible. He does like a Greek shopkeeper impersonation of Thor. It's just awful. Like, like the voice, the mannerisms. I mean, it's honestly – it's like watching something in amateur theatre, you know? Um, you can't believe Oddly enough – do you know who I think would not look wise would not actually make a terrible Hercules is Jai Courtney. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. You know, if you if you've seen him with a beard and and yeah. and all that sort of stuff, I'm, he looks he looks a lot more and he's much more buff than. This well, actor. I agree. I, I totally I'm, agree. Look wise, I think Jai Courtney would have been a much better choice. Yep, I agree. Well, anyway, that's what it was. Now you've got something here about some trigger warning thing about Thor what, what's oh, yeah. going on so this is this is interesting to me because you've just said now the whole cancer thing with Jane isn't a massive part of the movie but a oh, lot yeah, I mean, of, it's it's, um, in, it's in it like you know <laughs> no no but i mean it's not like the focal point of the movie it's no. it's 
there's other things. So there's some really, really precious people out there who were very upset that Marvel didn't include a trigger warning for the cancer scenes in Thor, where obviously they have flashbacks of, I'm, I'm assuming, getting chemotherapy or something. Oh, come on. Well, and we're, so they're all taking to... They all take into social media to warn people of the emotional oh, damage off. at seeing someone getting cancer treatment. Oh my god! I mean, where are these people on every fucking medical show ever? You know what I mean? Like, every- also, why on earth do you want every fucking part of a movie spoiled for yeah, you? It's like, ridiculous. the whole point of trigger warnings tells you what's happening in a movie. That's, That's the whole. What, why go to a movie then? Juvenile, uh, Molly cuddled babies of today. Who and also. I, I frankly, like, and believe you me, uh, my family has been touched by cancer. So is Michelle's. Uh, I'm no stranger to people dying from cancer very close to me. That said, I don't expect trigger warnings when I go into movies like this. And I, and I and think I, it's ridiculous. I, but here's the thing. I don't, I, I honestly don't believe it's people who have had a, t- uh, a brush with cancer or have had anyone related to them have a brush with cancer or die from cancer. Yeah, or babies who like to complain. I, this is people who have, who, who are so emotional or so <laughs> soft that yeah. they are getting, I think offended on other people's behalf. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It, it's almost, it's almost not even worth discussing because it's so stupid. Um, and as I said, I, like, but I, I thought know. I would, I thought I'd put it in there. No, since you were reviewing. Yeah. I can't believe it. Thor. Like it's crazy. Um, it, wait, at what point would these people like? Uh, is everything that happens in movies needs to have trigger warnings now for these people? Don't watch oh, the well, fucking we, movie. We get into that point. Don't watch the fucking movie. Stay away from media in general if you if you don't want to be confronted because it's all supposed to be a mirror. Blah blah blah. Like, you know, give me a break. Like, it, Michelle watches. A ton of medical dramas. And I honestly do sometimes find some of the stuff quite confronting. And it can be sad. It's all that manipulate your emotions anyway. So, of course, they go for the heartstrings. Um, not all of these shows have trigger warnings. Occasionally, you might see something. Very occasionally. When I think of the hundreds of episodes of shit she's watched that I've seen, recent stuff it is super rare. There is no reason to have a trigger warning for this. Those people should stay at home if they're, they're are these, that worried. Are these the people at some point they're going to cry and want trigger warnings in, in uh, before a horror movie, like say Friday sure the 13th? Are they going? Are they going to bemoan and say, "How dare you not put a trigger warning that I would see someone decapitated"? You know, Look, that's I, so traumatizing. I think I'm these like, people, the fuck, these people love to complain. Basically, that is what it boils down to. They love to com- – nothing makes them happier than complaining and trying to generate a controversy. I see it all the time uh, on Twitter especially um, when I'm promoting the show. They're, they're, they're just never happy, ever. They're, they're happiest unhappy and they revel in their misery. And it's – you know, I hesitate to hear the words offensive, but – for, for those of us who've had real losses due to cancer and nearly every family has been touched by it, mine has, Michelle's has, et cetera, et cetera, you know, like we're far from unique uh, and it really encountered in real life, this is the furthest thing from our mind. Do you know what I mean? It, it is what it is. Like it's a storyline in a, in, a, in a comic that they then turn into a movie. 
it's, I yeah. would say, a minor part of this movie. They don't actually lean on it as heavily as they might have. Um, and it's handled well. I mean, frankly, I don't have any real problems with it. The, 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 problems, I have with the problems I have with the movie is just how lightweight the whole thing is. Like, it's based on very flimsy stories. You know, like, uh, yeah. These, like, honestly, my recommendation to these people is don't turn on TV, don't watch a movie, don't read a book. Um, just, I don't know why you just don't stay in your room, you know, because honestly, you can't handle, it's not even reality. You just can't even handle the imitation of reality that is entertainment, you know, basically. Mm. Like, you, you just, you're just not cut out for it. And frankly, just toughen up maybe just a touch because the real world is going to throw you a lot more curveballs than the Jane Foster mini arc in the Thor movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, calm down. Like, God forbid these people when something actually happens to them or someone they love, you know? And they'll be the oh, first. I don't, want, I, don't want to, I don't want to say calm down. I want to say to them, grow up. Yeah. Like, seriously, just, uh, just grow just, up, please. I don't even know what to say because, like, it, it, I, I mean, no way am I sort of saying cancer isn't a big deal. I, I've experienced direct loss due to cancer. I know cancer is a big deal. I know many people. Michelle has had so many people in her family unfortunately, uh, die and suffer from cancer. My, my, you know, my, I don't want to go through it, but my, my auntie died of cancer not you know, that long ago, and I think about it all the time. And, and I could, if I really wanted to plunge into it, many more than that, but I don't want to because I don't want to just fixate on it. Like, it sucks, but, you know, it's a storyline. <sighs> yeah, grist for the mill. It's the same people who – they're the same people who complain about bad guys. You know, oh, the bad guy was too bad. And it's like, he's a bad guy. That's the point of bad guys in fucking movies yeah, and fiction. Probably how sexist that bad guy was. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it, it's it, like, honestly, it's the same. And, and I don't actually think this is a giant contingent. I think it's, as usual, a very vocal, whiny kind Old, of. loud contingent. Yeah, and. They'll never be happy, so you know. Let's let's not waste any more time on them. They they piss me off though because they just fucking piss me off. Now, we I finished watching Ms. Marvel. Frankly, not a terrible show. It had a really bad last episode or second last episode, but the final episode was okay. I was talking about with Ray. There's nothing wrong with the actress. She does a good job. The high school stuff is good. The enemies were a, a, a little bit. Again, it's a little bit lacking in like a proper antagonist if you know what i mean like it's a like you like what is the story here like but you know it's a setup to introduce ms marvel it does an effective job um there's the revelation at the end where the guy says to her she's different from uh, the rest of her family blah 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 with the powers it's like a mutation so it's basically saying she's a mutant which is the first official mention of the mutants in the mcu I didn't have any problems with that. I thought that was actually a clever way of sort of just sort of laying a bit of breadcrumbs for obviously the, you know, what's going to be the next phase, which is going to obviously include so, the mutants. So these are her mutant powers. She didn't get her powers from some device or something. Is that right? Uh, to be honest, I'm, I don't quite understand it all. But um, she, I don't know, actually. That's a good question. So the device does give, the bangles, I believe, give something. But 
how it affected her. Like her brother doesn't have it. Her mother doesn't have it, et cetera, et cetera. Like I think there's a mutant gene in in there that, that con- they're not actually super specific. It's at the very end and the guy's like, I run some tests and there's something different in your DNA. Um, it's I almost like a mutation. A, I wonder if there was a rewrite after they started filming. I don't know. Well, I don't think so. I think that their Inhumans thing was a bust. Um, no, not the Inhumans. I thought I thought she got her powers from uh, like a device because I remember everyone complaining that they changed the. I don't think so. I think and, it was all. Pl- I think I, I think it's all planned, man. Like these these aren't idiots putting this shit together. Like they, the Inhuman stuff from a few years ago was a complete bust. So there's no point making an Inhuman. Uh, they want to thread the X-Men and mutants, you know, like that's going to be a big so phase. what you're for saying them. is she's, she's the new Jubilee slash Kitty Pride. Pretty much. And I don't mind that. Like that's telling you that's, that's uh, as long as she's not the focal point, I'll be happy with that. Cause oh, God, I'm not going to watch an X-Men movie for Miss Marvel. I'm sorry. No, me either. Me. I agree with that comment completely. And I think the more that they would like the people want to see Wolverine, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Etc. Etc. Like you know, um, yeah. I, I swear to God, this I don't understand. Like I don't, I don't have like a massive hate boner against this character. I just don't like the character. And one of the reasons I don't like the character is how hard she gets pushed. Yeah, it's she, like yeah. it's like they really want to make her thing. And what I find so amazing is that they've pushed her in her comics. Her comics don't sell that well. They mm. put her in other books, other team books. They don't sell that well. Yeah. They try and push her into the Avengers with that with that uh, Marvel <laughs> Avengers yeah. game, right? That doesn't work. And now they're going to try and like put yeah, the they're desperate. On her they're desperate. Being an and it's like, how many chances does this character get? Well, I will say this: like, it's a very thin origin story. Like, she desperately needs to be in a team with other people. That she, it, it, it's desperately obvious that there's not a lot going on story wise with this character. So, um, she's Pakistani. That's a big fucking thing that they push. But like, and she has some powers, and she's a pretty likable actress, you know, and it's a pretty likable performance. So it's like, okay, that's probably enough. Put her in a team. Uh, move on with our lives. And I don't know. I, look, I was excited that, to hear mutants being mentioned, but yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to turn up to X-Men and it's all fucking Ms. Marvel. I mean, God, if anything, throw Ms. Marvel in a fucking minor team with all the other fucking losers like Ironheart and whoever else wants to be in it. Put her in that. That's where she belongs. Um, yeah, it's – yeah. Look, and Marvel and Disney are, are desperately trying to make – like the the ratings were appalling. The The second last episode was one of the worst episodes I've ever seen from any Marvel product. The last episode was fine. Finally tied it up with a bow, but um, yeah, it's it's overall as a, well, a, as a series six out of ten probably. Well, what I find um, uh, uh, interesting about that is that you know there's people running uh, writing sort of like uh, you know uh, pieces to 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 uh, buff the show. Where I read an article today that was like. It's the highest rated Marvel that. TV show of all the Marvel. And I'm like, yeah, but it's also the lowest rated in terms of viewers. Yeah. So there's less people reviewing the goddamn thing because no one's watching it. Yeah, dude. It, it, like, it's it's not the best Marvel show ever made, please. Like, Punisher, Daredevil, you know, um, God. What's, I mean, God, the fucking Loki. 
You know, these are all better shows. And frankly, part of it is they've just got better better storylines, though. You know, like this show did not have much of a story. You know, really, it was it was it was really sort of, and that became very obvious the deeper they went in the in the episodes. Like, I don't think a lot of the Marvel stuff has been fantastic. Uh, really, it's been okay, and this again was okay. Um, we'll have to see what happens. Well, you know what? You know. I, I, I'm actually. I think personally, I think they should stop doing these um, the Marvel shows and just do mini Marvel movies. So mm. in, instead of trying to do like six or eight episodes of something, which you've really got to fill it to try and you know get it to six episodes or something like that, just do like a TV movie. You know how they used to do TV movies. So take the budget, but just make like a two hour movie. For streaming, but what? Why do they need to fill it? Like a lot out. of this, a lot of these people could easily do massive amounts of episodes. Like there's heaps no, of Marvel my, stuff. But the point is, like what I've noticed with all the Marvel shows, the stories are not good enough for six episodes. Yeah, I see like what you're it's it, it's too it's too drawn out. It's too yeah. You know, you you get to the middle and it all sort of meanders and yeah, true. You kind of almost start to lose interest. So my point is, instead of doing these six episodes, mm. just do a two hour streaming movie that's for the the, the streaming platform and mm. you can tell a more compact cohesive story yeah, and it's you. done yeah or even better like build some actually fucking proper stories like you know to get this so netflix had the same problem with um the their marvel characters like a lot of that stuff would meander in the middle you know uh sometimes i don't know yeah i, I there's problems I don't know what the problem is. I think it's the classic case of they they don't want to. Um, I always get the feeling like they don't want to waste too much story, so like content. So they stretch rather than fill. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, because they want because yeah. they want you to keep your subscription. Yeah, and I and and I and I don't think I'm wrong there. I actually think that's very obvious. Like they they oh shit, we've we've got this much story, so only so much happens, but we just got to stretch that. And I'm like, God, what happened to like the the episodes of like classic TV shows? Rockford Files, Magnum, etc., Buffy, which would have twenty plus yeah, episodes those, a season. Yeah, you know? but those were but those were all episodic. They weren't telling one six but, hour. But story. why not? But I wouldn't mind having some more episodic TV of this kind of stuff. Like I really wouldn't mind. Well, that's my point. Either do it episodic, <laughs> or you do it like as I said, like a, a mini movie, like a t- made for TV movie. But mm. you, this whole six episodes, eight episodes, where you're just trying to draw. Uh, maybe two or three hour story out to six or seven hours. Just mm. it, it's not working for me. I find in the shows like I agree up and down. Like, I agree. You know. I agree. I've watched them all. And believe you me, I mean, dude, I can't even remember what happened in Captain America and fucking Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like, you know, it was like, it's just like, what even happened? It became Captain America at the end. Okay. Like it was okay. I enjoyed Loki. I thought Loki had a bit more going on. Um, but again, it it had its share of boring episodes too. Like mm. I, I just I actually think they're ambitious enough to want to pummel us with product, but their storylines are not ambitious. And I actually think give the uh, viewers a bit more bang for their buck. Like really, honestly, like why not? Like make the shows a bit better. Give them a bit more content, a bit more meat. 
uh, because some of this stuff is very thin. Like I will say this: the second last episode of Cap of Ms. Marvel was so fucking boring that we almost turned it off. Like Michelle and I, one hundred percent disconnected. Now Michelle is your ultimate casual fan; she would have no idea who Cap um, Ms. Marvel is. You know what I mean? Like she was watching that show just like out of interest because it's a Marvel property. And that that second last episode almost killed us. And then in the last episode, it's okay. And you're like, well, how are they getting to a point where they can't even fill six episodes? Like, really? Like, God. Again, um, it's yeah. probably a three-hour story. Yeah, barely. You know, the meat and potatoes barely. is probably about three hours. Well, but I'm just saying, I'm being generous, but about three hours. Yeah. And they're stretching it out to six. Or maybe it's, it's two and a half hours and they're stretching out to six or whatever. So totally agree. That's the point. And I found and I found that I haven't watched all the shows, but all the shows I have watched, I found that to be the case. No, I think you're right, uh, frankly. Um anyway, so moving on from that. But uh now, what have you got here about Shredder's Revenge, Rich? How much has it sold? Uh well, sold about a million wow. uh copies, but I mean obviously that's I good. that's not taking into account how many people have downloaded it from Game Pass and all that sort of stuff. So, oh yeah, we've done. So it's that. a really fun. It's a really fun game. Who do you play we as? To, we definitely need to set some time to to set yes. aside and play it. Who who do you play as, Rich? Who's your chosen Leonardo. character? Leonardo, the good Leonardo, boy. Leonardo, baby, Leonardo. But I do want to give Casey Jones a go. Good old Casey. It'd be good fun to get Casey and Raphael out there on the streets. You know. Yeah, you can you can play as Raphael. He's oh, your he's your boy, isn't he? I love Raphael. Yeah, he's my favourite. Now you, you you love the hothead. I do. Now with, there's been some Black Panther two plot uh, reveals reportedly surfacing on Reddit, and I've actually got the uh, thing here. So the big thing in terms is like these supposedly come from Industry Insider, who's leaked other stuff on Reddit before too. Uh, the big thing is. Before I go to the specifics, uh, Doctor Doom is in a post-credit scene, and he's the one who sent, like I think, Namor against um, whoever Wakanda, and uh, there's tons of like the whole movie is just like Namor versus Wakanda, like it's just endless. Um, now, I will go to the uh, I I got a screen cap of the stuff. Okay, all right, Lake Bell plays a scientist who is an original character. She and her team are searching for vibranium in the ocean, thanks to a device made by Rira Williams. Oh, my God. Uh, Namor is awakened <laughs> and kills her team. So Namor's killing people. Namor asks Wakanda to help, for help, but they turn him down. Chakala passes away from sickness. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Uh, Namor wants to kill Riri, but Wanda protects her. Riri's first suit is made out of cars. What? But then she, but when she gets to Wakanda, she gets one made out of vibranium. War between Wakanda and Atlantis. Shuri's mum passes away, and parts of Wakanda are flooded. Uh, Shuri makes an artificial flower to gain Black Panther powers and gain the astral plane. She expects to meet T'Challa, but meets Killmonger, which who we do know that that has been revealed that um, he's going to be. You know, uh, Killmonger helps her become the new Black Panther. Shuri makes her own Black Panther suit. Oh, I mean, it's so obvious so far. All of this movie is just so predictable. Uh, big war between the two nations. Uh, Shuri defeats Namor but doesn't kill him. I'm not sure how to say this guy's name. Makabu is the new king of Wakanda while Shuri is the Black Panther. Uh, Naki tells Shuri that she has a son 
from T'Challa. I don't know who Naki is, but that's somebody. Uh, post-credit, they filmed in a post-credit uh, stand in Doctor Doom, which is thought to be the one who sent Lake Bell's team. Well, that was the character at the start. So, I don't know, like, cool the Doctor Doom's uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I that sounds all fake to me. Okay, it sounded very predictable to me. Like, which makes me I think don't it's know. made it just, up. It just, no, the problem is sometimes when there's so much going on, I feel like it's someone's fantasy um, ha- having a laugh or or, yeah. or trying to like uh, predict the movie. It it's just that's it, it doesn't sound. I, I bet you that won't be. That, I bet you some of it that will be happening. Like I do believe the Neymar thing is going to be big. Well, Neymar's definitely um, in think, it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think it's what well, kind of forever. I believe it's supposed to be maybe a war, but. The other stuff sounds a bit. Well, a bit Killmonger different. has been revealed to be in the ancestral. Yeah, because they need a, they need a they need a name, you yeah. know. So yeah. you know, you know. Unfortunately, you know, with the passing of Chadwick Boseman, they they kind of need a bigger name attached to mm. the Black Panther and and uh, what's the name Killmonger is. Uh, um, Luke B. Jordan, name? isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Michael B. Jordan. So you know, you know, he's got his fans. So that'll I call bring him them Luke back. B. So, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah. don't know. I, I, I find it very hard to believe that's the actual script. I could be wrong, but it just doesn't sound. It doesn't. Sound I mean, right. if that's it, it's going to be a slog of a movie. Although I am interested in seeing Namor um, and Doctor Doom. I couldn't care less about Black Panther, uh, honestly. Um, it just the Namor that- apparently looks like. Uh, I think there's some images or something, and he looks almost like an Aztec. Really? In it, which is very odd. He is quite weird looking normally. Like Namor is. Yeah, but I believe he's wearing looking. a lot of like Aztec gear and armor Aztec. and stuff and all that. So okay. yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe they're trying to say the Aztecs have some sort of connection to Atlantis. <laughs> or something, I don't know. Aztecs. Yeah, because they're so renowned for being, you know, water creatures. You know what I mean? Like when we think Aztecs, yeah. we automatically yeah, think you know? of yeah, like fucking. When you think of Aztecs, I'm thinking of temples and sacrifices and stuff. You know, not not like seafarers or underwater creatures. Like I don't remember a lot of Aztec diving that's gone on in the past. You know, maybe we don't know. Well, we've never maybe, seen. Maybe it. after Atlantis sunk, uh, sunk, the Aztecs sort of devolved a little bit. Uh, maybe they went backwards a step in in their culture and all that. Right. Yeah, well, I guess. Maybe all the sacrifices were to appease the gods so they weren't punished again. <laughs> you're, you're writing the script here. I like it, Rich. You're getting involved in the script writing process. Um, yeah, well, okay. Uh, we'll take that for what it's worth. This was funny. Have you seen those terrible Matt Damon ads uh, where he's pushing cryptocurrency? No. Oh, it's fucking painful. Like, he's like, as the Romans said, fortune favours the brave. And he's like, you know, buy crypto. And South Park did a skit where they're forcing Matt Damon to drink his own pee as punishment for the crypto ads, <laughs> which is cool. Oh, oh, yes. A lot of people lost money on the crypto now. Yes. Now, you were talking about Rob Zombie's The Monsters reboot, um, which is here, yeah. the first trailer. What did you think, Rich? Um, It's definitely – I was very surprised that that's Rob Zombie because it's so wacky and yeah. – and- uh, comedic, um, so it's, it's good to see that he is a bit versatile. I actually wonder if this movie would have been better in black and white, though. Oh, why, Richard? Like, come on, the monsters. Well, I mean, that's no, no, look, that's the no, 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 the monster started in black and white, yeah, but then they, it was color for ages, 
Yeah, I know. But the thing is, the colors are so jarring, which I get he's going for it. He's leaning into the, the, the comical and, and the colors of back in the day. Mm. But I, I just wonder if they could have maybe toned it down a little bit. But maybe he's going for a bit of a Burton-esque type of thing. But I, I still enjoyed it. It looked interesting. It looked funny. I definitely uh, would probably check it out. I'd see another trailer to see. But it's piqued my curiosity. Will you sure. pay money to see it in the cinema? Uh, I'll need to see a, a, probably one or two more trailers as it gets closer <laughs> to the release date. Really? Oh, Jesus. What, so you're really weighing it up in terms of the trailers? Well, it, it, here's the thing. I mean, a, an initial trailer, like a teaser trailer, get, gives you, I think, an idea. And then as the other trailers come out, you can maybe get a better idea of story, comedy. Although it looks like it's an origin story of how the two of them met. Right. Well, you know, I'm unlikely to pay money to see it, but uh, I'll definitely watch it on streaming. Um, yeah, I don't know. But Amazon released screenshots of a new superhero show, The Samaritan, starring Sylvester Stallone. Which I think looks oh, it's really not a show. Which is it's actually a movie. It's an Amazon movie. Okay, The Samaritan. Um, uh, so basically, it's a small synopsis, and it says a young boy learns that a superhero who was thought to have gone missing after an epic battle twenty years ago may, in fact, still be around. And it turns out it's his neighbor, <laughs> which is Sylvester Stallone. I'm down for this movie, man. I reckon it'll be fun. When does it come out, Rich? It's coming out on Amazon Prime. Uh, 26th 26 of August, so not okay. not too far, just over a month away. Okay, and also coming out, um, there's another show. Oh, my God, my brain is going now. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I will remember it. There is another show that I'm looking forward to that's coming out very shortly. I will remember it as the show wears on. But so we've got we've got the Samaritan. Um, oh my god! It's it it's Paper Girls is one that's coming out at the end of July. But there's another show. Oh, I know what it is. I just remembered. Thank you. Day Shift, the um, Jamie Fox uh, vampire movie, vampire hunter movie. That's coming out in early. I think early August. I think around August ten. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. So there's a couple of things that's coming out on Netflix. There's a couple of things coming out in the near future, which I think will be interesting. And we'll definitely do a review of The Samaritan. Rich, you agree? Uh, yeah, well, I've got Amazon, so I'm happy to do that. I, yeah, I'm, man, I'm not Jesus. Signing up for Netflix Don't forget, to do like, do I need to remind you, you can always sail the high seas to find this content, Richard, if it comes out on streaming. It's very easy. No. Nah. Well, you need to do it for the show. So, um, no, I don't. Have, I don't have to do anything illegal for the show, Dave. Oh, <laughs> That's where you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to break any laws for the show. Well, okay, but we need to see the content. So we are looking forward to the Samaritan now. Uh, the pub- I, tr- I trust your reviews. No, I need the jewel review for the Samaritan. <laughs> we need to support Sylvester Stallone and watch this movie. No, Samaritan, I will watch. Yes, okay, but uh, I, as I said, um, I'm not going to sign up for something just to just to watch a fucking um, a Jamie Fox movie. Oh, you don't want to see? You're not looking forward to Day Shift? I think it'd be fun. Uh, I might watch Day Shift. I've got no interest in that Paper Girls crap. Okay, well, you don't have to watch Paper Girls. I'll I'll, I'll release you from. I think Paper Girls is on. Um, I don't even know what it's on, actually. It's, I, I want to say it's on Amazon, I think. I could be wrong. Okay, I'll release you from Paper Girls, all right? You don't have to watch Paper Girls. I'll do Paper Girls because you'll hate you it anyway. It. You'll hate it anyway. I also will. I really you, hated looking at the you. Yeah, the you, were, you, were, you were hating it last week when you saw some fucking panel that you didn't like. It's a fun – it's a fun – 
That's the word you're forgetting. It was a fun no, little no. story. What you're forgetting, what you're forgetting, <laughs> Dave, is your idea of fun is not everyone else's idea of fun. I've got a very universal idea of fun. Oh, time, I don't think so. Time traveling, so. time traveling, kids mixing you, it up. You, you think you think being a despot is fun? So you know, no, I don't think you have a. <laughs> I don't think everyone agrees with your idea of fun. Well, you know. Anyway, now turning to um, this publisher, Nikon, announced some new games. Among them, a Robocop Rogue City, uh, an upcoming first-person shooter starring the famous cyborg police officer from the 1980s, uh, and the Terminator Survival Project, a survival game set in that universe as bleak, machine-ruled future. Uh, in terms of Robocop, welcome to Detroit. Crime runs rampant. The city is on the edge of ruin. As things ascend further into chaos, you are the solution. A cyborg officer, Robocop. And it wouldn't feel right without Peter Willing reprising this role. Become this the Robocop in June 2023, coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S and PC. Uh, blah, blah, blah. So then they tell us what Robocop is, like as if we're not fucking aware of that. Um, and yeah, so what do you think about that one, Rich? Where it basically you, you will be the Robocop. Do you like that idea with Peter? Uh, I like the idea. I saw some gameplay footage. How was and it? I will keep an eye on it, but I wasn't super duper impressed. Uh oh. Um, okay. Then also, they're making a apparently it's a linear single player shooter. So. But, you know, I, 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 they're saying that we don't get enough of those in this day and age. I'm like, don't we? All right, I guess I'll take your word for it. Um, you no, know, we, we, no, that's true. We don't because everything is fucking Battle Royale and What uh, about Doom? Online Doom. All that sort of stuff. Doom. Yeah, okay, well done, Dave. You <laughs> named one game in, like, the last five years. Good other, on you, mate. It was oh, that's other... enough. We only need one Doom. Hired Good. Gun. Hired Gun, the Warhammer game. That, the Necronda or whatever it's called. It's like Doom, but in Warhammer. I've got it on yeah, PS5. Yeah, which not many people have played that, I, I don't think. I've played it on PS5. It's good. It's exactly but like At the Doom. end of the day, I'm not interested in a survival game. Like, again, okay. I, I, I'm complete, I don't care. I, I'm completely turned off when someone says it's a, it's a survival game. Then well, I'm you're ruining it. the next news item, which is that they're making an open-world Terminator survival game. Was, was, <laughs> was this intentional for you to ruin my news item, Richard? Oops, my, my bad. <laughs> Jesus. That was a very specific comment as I was Okay, so they're making a Terminator survival game, which I think sounds cool. Now, it's set between Judgment Day and the rise of John Connor, apparently. So I don't quite understand what that means. But from Judgment Day prior to the rise of John Connor. I'm like, what does that mean? Like John Connor was so that around. Means, so this what that means, Dave, is what? the world is decimated and you're gonna play a character running around in a decimated area and you've got to find things to survive and build and outsmart the robots and it's going to be boring as fucking hell because survival games are boring haven't we we've had this conversation where because i didn't understand what a survival game was i thought it was running around shooting and stuff but it's more basic isn't it like that conan game that i was so disappointed yeah, by. a first person shooter is just a shooter uh, a survival game is basically where you got as i said you've got to keep an eye on your fucking health you've got to keep an eye on your hunger you've got to keep an eye on your hydration and so like day z so like day z yeah there's so many survival games i hate them you know they sound when you said to me survival game i thought it was like a shooter like you're running around why can't they make a proper one richard where 
okay, I'm going to pitch this to you. Okay, it's post-judgment day. All right, okay. Machines everywhere. You're running around as a member of the resistance, but like in a GTA open world scenario. So forget about worrying about hydration. Like, no one gives a fuck about hydration. But I'm running around. I'm running and gunning. I'm running and gunning, man. There are people that care care about that. Here's the thing. I'm... I'm being dismissive, but fuck, there's a lot of people that love survival games, man. Is Jesus. there really? Okay. Because uh, yeah, there's right. a lot of them. What do you think of this Terminator? Well, to me, it's just a waste of the Terminator concept. I mean, in 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 universe, it obviously makes sense because obviously the whole world has just been decimated. You know, mm. it's kind of like Fallout. You know what I mean? Where yeah. you come out of a bunker, the whole world is fucking now. So, uh, Fallout is a very awesome game. Light survival game, right? You know, yeah, you got to find things and you can make a gun and you can upgrade your gun. But a full-on survival game, as I said, that's a game where you got to hunt, you got to get food, you got to keep an eye on your 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 hunger, your weapons break down constantly, you got to find materials to repair them and mm. all that sort of stuff. Like I'm just if it's that sort of survival game, not really interested in. If it's a light survival game, you know, where it's it's a bit more like Fallout. I could be more interested in it, but if it's a full-on survival game, no, thank you. My problem as well, when they do Terminator and Robocop, I feel like they sort of like, um, maybe this is just my own bias, but I feel like they kind of rely on the name and they don't really put a lot into the actual games. You know what I mean? Like the games aren't as deep as what I want, if you know what I mean. Like they're sort of relying more. You know, you know how it used to be like a video game based on a movie would suck, you know? It's kind of like yes. that. Like they do, you, like that's what I'm trying to say. Like they they don't put the the time in to really make them cool. But we'll see. We'll have to wait and see. I guess. I, I just got a bad feeling about uh, about these. So no, no. So so uh, a, a game based on a movie is not bad. It's only if it's a tie in game. Yes. Generally. Yes. Like okay, like nine times out of ten, if it's a tie in game to to coincide with the with the movie coming out, and it's supposed to like take elements from the movie, those games are shit. But yeah. If it's just a game that is based on a movie, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's not tied to the movie, they generally are better. Like Alien Isolation, yes. uh, Colonial Marine. Like th- those are good because they just, that's just a game made in that universe, but it's not tied to any like movie or retelling of. Yeah, of but story. but more often you see the, the movie tie is what I'm thinking of. They, they used oh, to yeah, be. Those, those are generally terrible, yes. Oh, and, God, those have always been massive, man, since fucking 40 years ago. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, they, they were, I'll tell you a good one from back in the 80s. I don't know if you've ever played. Do you ever play on the Commodore? Did you ever play on the Commodore 64 Platoon? That was actually a really cool game. Um, oh, I, yeah, I've, I've played a lot of uh, shitty, like, Nintendo um, tie-in games and even, like, the, um, uh, not even, not the Commodore, the uh, Atari Oh yes. my god, the Atari had so many movie time games. And I mean they were woeful though, like those games, like back in the dawn of time almost, you know. Yeah, but at least they have an excuse of like the graphics were non existent, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best they could do. You got no excuse today. Mm. You know, I'm sorry, in the last 10, 15 years, with the improvement on games and graphics, I, I don't feel like there's any excuse. Although most of the excuse is time, is that they gotta rush the game out. Mm. Because it has to meet a deadline for the, the movie. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it has to come out 
same time as the movie, and usually they get much, very, very short notice to do these sort of games. Yeah, that's what they always say. Well, that's why they suck, though, at the end of the day. Like, forget about the excuses. They just generally suck. Uh, now, this was actually hilarious. Do you remember David Arbour from um, fucking Stranger Things? You know, and this is this guy who thinks very highly of his ability based on playing a very generic character in Stranger Things, the the cop. Uh, he called Ryan Reynolds. Oh, oh that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He called Ryan Reynolds after the Hellboy movie flopped to ask him what it was like recovering from Green Lantern. I mean, really? Like, Jesus. Like, you suck, basically. um, No, no, it's pretty sly because what he's trying to do is he's trying to... Blame um, it. Not blame it, but he's trying to, like, uh, put Green Lantern back in the conversation. Maybe people go, oh, yeah, that movie was worse. You know what I mean? Right, than, yeah. Than your movie or something like that. But what a dickhead, honestly. Have Something's you seen that. this I Hellboy? I, I didn't even see it. I haven't even... No, God, no, God, no. Because I kind of got turned off from him, not because of Stranger Things, but he, I think he, they were at an award show, mm. and he just went off his fucking rocker when he was <laughs> doing an acceptance speech for um, for Stranger Things. And, and there's the funny meme because... Uh, Winona Ryder is behind him because, you know, all the cast are kind of up there. And he's going off his fucking nut about punching Nazis in the face and all that. And Winona yeah. Ryder's face behind him, she's just going like, what? 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 Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, she's yeah. completely bamboozled as to what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And ever since then, I'm like, I think that guy's a fucking nutbag. He is. And he's, his Hellboy looks so derpy um, compared to... Um, the classic um, uh, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman's one, like seriously, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, Ron Perlman and Guillermo del Toro set the bar very high, uh, and I, I just think he, that this guy failed. His his Hellboy looked well like one of those cheap Chinese knockoff toys that you get off. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I agree. I totally agree with that. Great comment, Rich. Uh, Mickey Rourke uh, sparked debate after calling Tom Cruise irrelevant and saying he had no respect for Cruise's work, saying he'd been playing the same character for thirty years. Uh, Mickey Rourke is, is huh? Huh? He, yeah, Mickey Rourke calling someone else irrelevant is kind of amusing in itself. That like, name sounds familiar. Who is that? Yeah. Jeez, he's, who's Mickey Rourke? I tell you what. Uh, I don't think I've heard that name for a, at least 30 years. What's I tell he, you what, he looks pretty rough. Man, I've saw, I saw. Uh, and he's, he looks, yeah, he's always looked rough since probably uh, late 90s, maybe yeah. uh, early 2000s. Yeah. But he looks fucking far worse now, man. Yeah. Like, well, he was that all, guy, yeah. That guy should not be. I'm sorry, but don't don't throw shit around when you you're irrelevant. Like yeah, you yeah. are the one that's actually irrelevant. In fact, most people younger than us would probably go, "Who? Who? Yeah, I agree." Hilariously, he took big shots at Marvel movies. Now I seem to recall he turned up in Iron Man Two. Um, that is correct. Fresh off the wrestler, which was his one claim and, to fame, and that was, I think, everyone's least favorite item. <laughs> yeah, but but like it's pretty rich when you're taking shots at you know you, you like he did the wrestler, which was a good movie, and so he had some heat oh. on him, Mickey Rourke, for the first time in decades, and the first thing he did was sign up probably smartly for a payday with Iron Man Two. Like, why not? You know what? To be fair, his brain is probably so fucked up that he probably doesn't remember that he was in the Marvel movie. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, it's pretty funny. But anyway, um, Mickey Rourke just spouting off, like, he's he's a loose cannon. He, they they kept him talking about other stuff. He was really ranting. It was actually pretty funny. Like, um, he's like, I think that's just, you know what, I mean, I think him and Tom Cruise are roughly the same age. I think that's just a bit of jealousy coming through. 
Yeah, well, they were in a movie together when they were very young. Uh, I want to say. Do you remember when, when he when he made Breakout on the scene? He was the talk of the town. Everyone he was, was like, yeah. "Oh my god, this Mickey Rourke guy! Oh my god, he's gonna well, he was a know, good he's actor. gonna be a massive." He was a no, good no, actor. but I'm saying he was he was on the rise, and then he fucked it all up. And I think yeah. I think this is just him being very petty and jealous that um yeah that Tom Cruise is like just massive massive name. <laughs> Well, he you'd think he would have gotten used to it by now. It's not like Tom Cruise well, became again, I do agree. famous like, you yesterday. Know, Tom Cruise, well, you have to remember Mickey Rourke conceived himself as an uh, you know, an actor. You know, he's an art you know, he's a sure. he's a thespian. And to me yes, to him probably Tom Cruise is oh he just uh, makes dumb dumb Pop, mo- you know, dumb action on. movies. But yeah. guess what? People love him, man. Like they entertain and Tom him, Cruise has shown some range in his career at times. You know, he's done some more challenging no, no, roles. But I, no, I'm yes, but what I'm saying is that, but what Tom Cruise is known for, especially yes. lately in probably the last twenty years, yeah, is you know the Mission Impossible's, sure. the, you know the, the the action blockbuster sort of movies. But yeah. guess what? There's a market for that. If you make a good one, people enjoy it, and they'll give you a billion dollars. Agreed. Um, yeah. It, so it is what it is, and yeah, Mickey Rock probably should you know go back and have a lie down and chill out a little bit. Um, now, the Stephen King vampire adaptation, Salem's Lot, uh, is moving its official release date from September 2022 to April 2023. I'm looking forward to this. one again. I'm looking forward to this, man. Like, uh, I'm... Are they just remaking... Is everyone just going through and remaking every Stephen King thing now? Like, well, Salem's thing? Lot was made back in, like, 1979, dude. So it's, it's due oh. for a remake. Mm, great movie. Excellent movie. The TV movie was excellent. Um, was a TV TV movie back in the very late seventies, maybe nineteen eighty. I I love it. I think it's excellent. And um, yeah, I, I I think it's due for a remake though. Why not? Like it's like fucking more than forty years later. Why not? Um, now uh, this was interesting, Richard. You know how we often have a thing about digital and digital ownership and do you really own it, blah, blah, blah. So Sony's PlayStation Store is pulling access to purchased Studio Canal movies next month. So those movies that people have purchased through the store will no longer be available, and it's unclear if they'll be getting refunds. So that's interesting. Uh, No, you won't get any refunds. You don't think? You don't own it. Well, it'll be that's, the, that's what this is. This is the argument I'll be saying. If you really love something, if you really enjoy something, uh-huh. don't buy it digitally. Yeah. Buy it physically because if you if this is the unfortunate thing, and a lot of people don't read the user agreements, they don't read the terms and conditions and all that. Uh-huh. You don't own it. You're basically, in a sense, you're like renting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it can be taken away, like. Um, uh, especially if it's something that you have to access via the internet, like you can't download it. Yeah, 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 true. No, I agree. It's it's that, like it's the same with digital comics. There's, it's that grey area. I will say for Amazon um, it, that certain comics that have come out via one publisher that have then moved to a different publisher, you can still access them on Comixology and on Amazon, despite the fact that technically they're no longer available for sale so that's something you know i can yeah. well you know. put it this way i i believe if it's something that you've bought and you've downloaded um then yes even if they stop you you should still have access to it mm. but as i said you've got to be very careful because 
you got to read before you buy something sure, digitally. Sure, sure. Because if it's if, if you can't download it or it's stored or you need the inter- or you need the access to read it, yeah, just read the terms and conditions because a lot of times they put in there, we you know we reserve the right to like remove this or hundred percent. Oh, hundred percent, dude. Yeah, it's a danger that I've been aware of. And at times I've sort of have sort of wrestled with in the dark hours of the night, Rich. You can imagine me tossing and turning on these issues. Um, it, it was funny when we were chatting with Ray, we were talking about having hurdles in life. I said, we all, all had hurdles. And I said, mine have more been like minor road bumps. <laughs> like, Which, to be fair, not a hurdle at all. <laughs> no, not a hurdle at all, really. Just, just not a perfectly clear path that I prefer. You know what I mean? Like a slight incline. Dave's complaining. He's got the sore knee, the sore leg. <laughs> you know how I like it, Rich. I like it right across the plate, my friend, don't I? I really. Yeah, you do. I do. I am. I do like it that way. Uh, now, In fact, one- you don't even like to swing. You like to get walked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep close uh, attention to the count. Now, um, Cat Power, I don't know if you're familiar with Cat Power, but it's a singer that I really like. Um, Chan Marshall, I think, is her actual name. She and she do you know the artist, Cat Power? Have you ever heard of this? Oh. Okay. So nope. she she's sort of folky, um, often melancholic, um, cool. You know, she's been around since the nineties. Uh she and she's a huge Bob Dylan fan. She's performing Bob Dylan's live at the Albert Hall concert uh famous concert from the mid 60s in its entirety at the royal albert hall which i think is really cool um it's the one where the person yelled out um called him judas when he went electric and stuff like that like lots of crazy shit went on so <laughs> she's before and then he, he 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 and he said i don't believe you was his response so i'm wondering if there's gonna be a plan in the audience that will yell out judas surely there will be and um and then she'll go i don't oh, believe okay. you Maybe I mean I'm I'm sort of like pitching my own version of the show here. Maybe they'll just play the songs, <laughs> not not sort of do a pantomime that I would, that I would enjoy. But but regardless, I mean it is for the Bob Dylan fans, you know, who are also Cat Power fans. So I think it's kind of cool. Uh, now you had some news here on an old favourite of ours, Irredeemable Rich. What's going on? Well, not entirely sure. So uh, Boom Studios is teasing the mm. return of Mark Wade and Peter uh, Cruz's uh, Irredeemable comic. Uh, uh-huh. No no details on what the actual project is, mm. if it's going to be a continuation of Irredeemable or something new. They just retu- they just tease in the return of, I guess, um, or I don't even know if it's Mark Wade and them returning or if it's just... Mm. the irredeemable comic with the, that's what i said they just they just sort of put out a tease mm. um you know that, that was a comic uh, that was really strong for i would say about two-thirds and then it got really bad by the end you know it was a strong yeah well concept. that's why you got to be very you, it's that's a, well that's what i was going to say i think everyone's got good concepts mm. there's a lot of good concepts it's it's sometimes something is just a concept though like sometimes You've got a great concept. You just don't have an ending, or <laughs> you don't quite know. Yeah, but you would think Mark Wade um, could have come up with a better ending than that. Like considering what a good writer he is, and that was his own project. Like he had no restrictions there on what he could do, and I just don't feel he stuck the landing at all. I, I you know, and and, and it was, he was strong. Completely uninspired. Maybe he just couldn't. 
Maybe he had a bit of like, I just really don't know how to end this goddamn comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's how it felt. It was, it really struggled to an end. Like it staggered to a very unsatisfactory end, actually, frankly. Yeah. Hey, hey, that's happened to a lot of comics and TV shows. And, and yeah, it has. True. It starts off really great and then you just go, what the hell happened at the end there? Yeah, I know. I agree. That does happen a lot. Um, oh, God, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Uh, Invincible, I think, similar, but I think stronger frankly over the long run the invincible comic you know would you agree um, i thought invincible um, sort of held out the quality longer than irredeemable it did held it longer but it also didn't have quite a satisfactory ending either right okay you know i've still got to watch i've got to finish watching that um first season on amazon before the second season drops do oh, who even knows when the fucking season is dropping, man? Seriously. Well, are you staying on it, Rich? I, I assume that you're staying on this story. No, I've, there's no news. There's no there's no announcement of of when it's coming. Dude, do you know that for the show, how deep I go into the news cycle? You need to do a bit of investigative work. Seriously, I do a lot of bad channel stuff, Rich, to get those. I can't. I can't, I can't make stuff up, though. <laughs> it's called investigative reporting, Rich. You know, I'm digging. I'm digging without a map. I don't know where the X is. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you can at least hype it up a little bit. Like make it. You know, get, get into this. I'm giving you a job. Your job is to find out when the next Invincible um, series is coming to. Amazon. No one knows. Dude, no one knows. Yet. I've been yet. keeping an eye on it. No one knows. Well, yet. maybe one day in the next year or so we'll find out. <laughs> Oh, wow. Gee, the investigation's really, really, you know, Sherlock Holmes, uh, sit down. Rich is on the case. Maybe someday in the next year we'll find out. Imagine if Sherlock yeah, Holmes said that. Imagine if he said that when confronted hey, with the crime. How do you know he didn't? How do you know well, he didn't? We only know about successful cases. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's stuff that uh, uh, Watson. Uh, um, Watson left out, you know. Yeah. The unsolved cases where Sherlock Holmes was too stoned on heroin to bother uh, with. Was, there, yeah, there were some cases where, where, where Sherlock said, I have no fucking clue what's going on here. <laughs> I don't know who did it. And Watson was like, don't worry, this one will leave out the book. We'll leave out this in the memoirs. Um, there's a Supernatural reunion, apparently. They're doing the prequel show to Supernatural. Jensen Eccles is, is producing it uh, called The Winchesters, and he says he wants all the Johns to show up. Um I assume he's talking about um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan showing up in some capacity. They've, they've got an actor playing John Winchester, who's obviously younger, and the and the wife. Um, you know, uh, look, I mean, it's hilarious that Jensen Eccles finished fifteen seasons. He also said that they only pressed pause on Supernatural, and he's already talking about a reunion um, with Jared Padalecki. Mm. So <laughs> these guys, these guys have decided maybe obviously, um, obviously, um, um, uh, Walker's maybe not doing so well. <laughs> well, well, this is Jensen Eccles talking. Who's the, he's pl currently playing soldier boy in the boys. Um, so, yeah, yeah. But yeah. what I'm saying is that maybe he's been hearing from his buddy that, yeah. uh, Walker, Texas uh, Ranger. Know, uh, Walker's are not doing so well, probably going to be cancelled soon. He's like, oh, let's maybe go back to... Because other than the boys, I've got no offers, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he's doing a fucking supernatural prequel. Like, Jesus, like, he's not exactly straying yeah. too far from home. Honestly, um, though, I mean, is it necessary, though? I don't know. What? I don't know, I don't know if any prequels, that many prequels are necessary. Well, dude, it's very popular. Supernatural retain its viewership base, like, right till the end. So. Yeah, but, but 
but no, no, but here's the thing. It's popular because of those two guys. I don't know if people are, are interested in a show without the two of them, though. I agree with that. Yeah, a, la- a large, a large part of um, Supernatural, and I'm a Supernatural fan, as you know. I, I agree. Is though is obviously Jensen and, and Jared and their amazing chemistry, and it, you know it was a huge bonus to the show, basically. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I just don't know if this is. I I don't know if it'll work out, but we'll keep an eye on it and see. Yeah, definitely. We'll definitely keep an eye on it, man. Well, I'll keep a fucking eye on it, and you can focus on the Invincible stuff. Jeez, leave, leave the supernatural stuff to me, man. I'm on top of that. Oh, hang on, hang on. Breaking news? I still don't know. <laughs> I'm going to ask you about it whenever I remember. Ray. Well, that could be once a year as well. Guess what? <laughs> guess what, actually? That's right. When I was chatting with Ray at lunch, he reminded me of a bet that we had. You said, apparently... That in twenty twenty by twenty twenty five, the Marvel mm. Cinematic Universe will be dead, and we better lunch yeah. on it. So you're still sticking mm. to that. So January one twenty twenty five, if it, if the Marvel Cinematic Universe is still alive, shows are still in production. No, no, no. Go back to the go back to the shows. I said by the <laughs> end of twenty twenty five, they'll be okay. Dead. Right. Be so okay. Well, that's fine. All right. So the end of the December whatever thirty one of twenty twenty five. Fine. Okay. I'm oh, just reminding you. I, I, I really I said to Ray that we've got more than one bet going. But I honestly can't remember them. Can listeners, Adam the computer and listeners, remind me of what bets Rich and I have? Because do you remember any other bets? We've definitely got some. We've definitely got some. No, but I mean, it doesn't really matter because we just shared each other lunch anyway. Yeah, I know <laughs> that, Richard, but I like would like to win a couple of bets here. Um, but, yeah, regardless, that we, we do have the one at Marvel Cinematic Universe, and thank you to Ray for reminding me. And, Richard, I'm going to re- re- recall – this is interesting. I'm going to see if you remember this. So I'm going to cast the listeners' minds back uh, pre-show. So – this is a prequel story to the to the Signal of Doom. So Rich and I have been friends for many years. And when the Avengers movie had come out, it was a big hit, blah, blah, blah. And um, Rich and I would often have dinners and we'd talk about Marvel and DC and why DC couldn't seem to get their movies aligned and Marvel were going gang. It's the early years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Guardians of the Galaxy came out. And I saw it with Michelle and it was it blew me away. Like, I, I really, Guardians 1, it honestly blew me away. I, I didn't know any of the characters. I just loved the movie. Rich and I went and saw it, and Rich, you loved it as much as I can remember you loving anything. I remember the night very clearly. So we're walking back um, to my old uh, apartment and Rich getting his car. I was slightly ill, and as, like, I was getting a cold, and I, and it was a bit cold, I think, and wanted to get inside. And Rich and I was just wrapping up a conversation. Rich, you, you were loving this movie. And I made an offhand comment, and I the, exactly I said, I'm looking forward to the day when the Avengers and the Guardians have a team up. It's, I, it's, this is basically the comment I made. And Richard, I remember you took, I remember this because I was sick, and you were very against the idea. Do you? And, and you, in fact, we didn't have a bet. We didn't bet, but I said, I just. I just sort of said, well, I'm sure it will happen. They're in the same universe at some point. I, I didn't mean next movie, but some point. But you were very adamant that that wouldn't happen. Uh, were you surprised as the years wore on that obviously, I mean, the Guardians were in the Thor movie, for example. They've turned up a lot. Uh, were you surprised that when they mingled those streams when it eventually happened? Well, yes, because I, I foolishly thought that um, – <laughs> That the Avengers movies would tie together 
or, you know, each individual movie retired for the Avengers. Yes. And that the Guardians would be a separate thing because obviously they're off in space. But couldn't you see that there was a cosmic element to it that was always going to pay off? Um, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, kind of, kind of, but I thought they would, again, I thought they would stick a little bit more to, obviously, like more of the comic. where Solo. You know, the Guardians aren't really sort of involved. Um, yeah, yeah. It was interesting, though. Um, it was, and to be fair... And to be fair, they didn't really add that much to the Avenger movies when they did show up. No, I agree. I agree. And again, in Thor, dude, in Thor, for all the bullshit about how they're going to be in Thor, it's a cameo at the start of the movie. It's. I agree with you there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't. They don't add a lot. I agree. They turn up, but they don't add a lot. Um, and, And I'll go further. I. This might be a hot take. I don't think the Guardians have been anywhere near as good ever since that first appearance. I still think that first movie is by far and away their best movie. You know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 The second movie, while enjoyable, is not. Yeah. Is not as good as. Um, the original. The, the original and. Um, you know, and and I'm I'm a massive Kurt Russell fan, and mm. I thought Kurt Russell was fantastic in it. But yeah, it 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 seemed less focused. Mm. Um, I agree than the first movie. So I do enjoy it, but yeah, it's definitely not as good as the first one. Yep. Um, so I just wanted to bring listeners back there. That was that was that was almost like a time machine moment. And the reason I remember it, Richard, is because I was sick, and you were really adamant. And and I was like, I, I, I understood your point. I wasn't even arguing. But as you were speaking, I remember feeling sicker and sicker <laughs> until eventually I had to say, Rich, i got to go. <laughs> I, I got to go, Rich. <laughs> um, all right. Now, Martin Lawrence thinks Will Smith's slap won't cancel Bad Boys 4. Jesus Christ. Martin Lawrence obviously needs his paycheck. Oh. <laughs> can, can I just say something? I read this and then today I heard a old – joke from that slap which yeah. i thought was hilarious uh the joke was what did chris rock aimed on his face the night after the slap what fresh prince <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um uh, yeah but but like um will spencer obviously in hollywood jail at the moment um i do think no not Hollywood jail, Hollywood timeout. Yeah, Hollywood timeout. I, I do think with his cachet and um, it, I tell you what his biggest hurdle to his comeback is, his wife. She's so uh, self-satisfied and smug on that podcast and she just comes across as a deceitful bitch. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I think also his problem, I mean, he's got a, he's got a twofold problem. The, the first fold is obviously the wife. Like yeah. th- that, that just doesn't make him look good with you know the the gossip and mm. and and the the sordid history and all that. But the second problem is he is a little bit of um, he's a he's a waning star in a sense. Now yeah. I know that's weird saying because he's just coming off an Oscar, but he's had a lot of failures. Recently. He has, he has, he's had a lot of flops, and this this should have been his comeback. Yes, I agree. With Oscar, but instead he fucking picked the worst time to slap someone on, <laughs> you know, on on live TV, you know, Hilarious. international TV, um, because he needed that. He needed that Oscar. This movie, what was it? King was it? King Richard, um, yeah, King Richard. The King Richard. Richard. Williams. That was going to be like, oh my god, Will Smith is back, you know, kind of thing and all that. Yeah. And 
now he's in a timeout and he really didn't need that. So he's got he's got a bit of a chipfall problem. Yeah, he should have been taking he, a victory he lap. A he should have been taking yeah. a victory lap around now, but instead he's, as you said, in Hollywood timeout. Uh, I do think Martin Lawrence is probably right, though I think Bad Boys 4 audiences will not be put off by the slap. I think that's a safe audience for him. Um I, I do, yeah, you yeah. know, and Martin could, Lawrence is desperate for it because he ain't getting out of the role. But Martin so. Lawrence, <laughs> but Martin Lawrence is like, let's just go, let's just go. He, he's hearing all the other projects being yeah, cancelled. Martin Lawrence is like, what slap? What slap? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Let's get this movie going. And, and you know, for Martin Lawrence, he's hearing other projects of Will Smith being cancelled. He's just thinking, well, that just means my movie's getting pushed forward. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, he, yeah. in all honesty, that that is the hilarious part. Um, Walking Dead, uh, obviously, uh, season eleven, part three. <laughs> Fuck, um, they're dragging on. Oh, se- part, oh not, not not part fifty-two. Well, they're dragging on season eleven like they've dragged on the actual show. Now it's becoming a joke. Um, okay. so that's coming um soon, and Tales of the Walking Dead, which is the anthology show, is coming soon, and it's getting a heavy push at San Diego Comic Con. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the writer of this article was obviously craving it because they started off with, okay, now this is more like it. <laughs> Only days after asking what well, all the hype was for the final run of AMC's The Walking Dead, AMC when Networks confirmed its San Diego Comic-Con plans on, on Thursday when it comes to The Walking Dead universe, along with panels for season 11C, which is annoying, and the upcoming anthology Tales of The Walking Dead, which I am sorry to say I will be watching, um, they're tra- they're they're transforming the fucking thing into like a Walking Dead fan celebration, which would probably it's be a, cool, you know. It's the Walking Dead universe. It is. It is. Well, they're desperate. They're, they're, I mean, they have like created a Walking Dead universe. Like Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, that's Tales what I'm saying. It's it's their MCU. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's very lacking in variety. I can tell you that, having watched most well, of well, it. Well, what do we call it? The WDU? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and nearly everyone involved is tired and over it. <laughs> Probably. Viewers, yeah. actors, everybody. Um, there's just the network. Maybe maybe they, maybe they want to break the uh, um, the uh, supernatural record or something for they, like longest. I think show. They're, they're going for it. Like, um, yeah, it's amazing. Like, just how they've spammed Walking Dead on the universe. And I mean, honestly, like. Fear the Walking Dead, it was just a grind to get through. Michelle and I did get through it, but but like it was like a it was it, it was a joke how bad it was. Uh, the Walking Dead season eleven's actually been reasonably strong, as you would hope in the final season. Um, th- now this was interesting. Um, VFX artists are slamming Marvel Disney for overworking and underpaying. Um, some artists, VFX artists, are apparently churning down jobs at Disney due to massive pressure and little pay. I saw this online, actually, that apparently they've got a really mm. bad reputation, Rich. Yeah, well, I mean, the problem is, is they're pumping out so much content um, and and doing it in such short time. But, uh, yeah, apparently they're doing, you know, people have got to get shit done in, like, ridiculous time frames Um at high standards and apparently with very little pay. So, you know, that's wow. that's just terrible. Gee, it's that's, a- typical, that's, that's just become typical dismal Disney now. Yeah, Disney, exactly. Like, happy to preach their fucking agenda, but at the same time, they do plenty of business with China and they do plenty of business uh, underpaying people. And, you know, it's the classic case of corporates preaching one thing and doing another internally. Uh, we've They're not the first corporate to do it. They're not the last. 
Yeah, it's so it's, yeah, it's so weird to me how you know. It, well, it just goes to show you that like no empire stands forever. Like you know what I mean. Like if you go back in the day, like Disney was like you know very highly regarded. Uh-huh. You know, uh, apparently it was like a wonderful company to work for and all that sort of stuff. And then like in the last twenty years, it's just gone. You know, probably worse and worse and worse until you get to now where it's like. Sounds like it's a bit of a cesspool. But the company, I mean, itself, profitability is like way up, you know. As a corporate, they're making a ton of money, but um, working conditions seem to be a real problem, you know. Like, uh, I don't know. Are they making a ton of money, though? Because I hear that they, they you know, they, they get in a lot of bombs. Uh, I believe um, revenue is still down from the parks and all that, uh-huh. the the stuff and all that. So I don't know if they're doing as well as they used to. Right, okay. So a bit of a... You got it's a bit probably of a why they're take. leaning so heavily into the Chinese market. It's probably why they were trying to get in bed with, with China and all that to get a, a massive injection of, like, money or something. Sure. Well, they're always chasing that Chinese. I'm not saying they're poor, but I'm just saying, I mean, probably compared to what they used to do, like... Mm. Or how almost untouchable they were. Well, think about, dude. Money. Think of they're taking all the money home from all this Marvel shit. Like that's that's making a lot of money for them. All this Marvel stuff, like that's all money in their pocket. So they're not doing too badly. All these Marvel movies, they're, they're yeah, but like that's big, big. Dollars. But that's almost the only thing that's making their money, though. Everything else is kind of underperforming, which means you're losing money on those. Which means it kind of balances out in a sense. I mean, uh, Buzz Lightyear, the, the Lightyear movie is, was it's pretty much a bomb. I think they've lost money on it, or yeah, or not yeah. made. So my point is, you're spending money on other things. Yes, you got the you've got the MCU to sort of. Um, you know, um, to yeah, to to get you that injection, but you're kind of wasting it on shit that's not, yeah, moving. And and you know, um, uh, I believe um, subscriptions have sort of plateaued uh-huh. for the streaming service, so they're not like getting any. You know what I mean? They've yeah. they've kind of like it's it's not growing. So I don't know. As I said, I'm I'm not saying they're like, oh my god, uh, the sky is falling. I just don't think that they are as happy is where they probably expected they're certainly not getting the bounce on star wars that they would want you know like it's not quite oh no that i feel like that is definitely something where they're like what like what we don't know what to do with this they're they're, they're having some success in terms of generating content for disney plus but it's not the slam dunk by any means that they would have hoped you know like, yeah, but I mean, the thing is, I don't believe that they are making that much money toy-wise because a lot of oh, the stuff no, no one yeah. is, is interested in. I mean, I believe I heard recently they tried to, um, I think, was it Mattel or whatever? You know, because now a lot of toy companies are even doing crowdfunding now kind of thing where they, <laughs> instead of making something and then sell it, they basically <laughs> kind of do like a pre-order thing where like they're right. like, hey, we're going to make this, you know, blah, blah, blah. Apparently it made so little sign-ups that right. they were like, okay, we're not doing the Reva lightsaber because fucking no one, no no one put money in to fund the. Fuck, the who the fuck would want the, that? What is it? But the, that's why but the, the Reva lightsaber, her fucking Inquisitor lightsaber. But that's my point: is that oh. if, if if Star Wars is doing well and you had these cool new interesting characters, mm. you'd be making a fortune on yeah. toys and. Now I'm not saying no one's buying, but I'm just saying I don't think it's selling as much as they need it to sell or to, to be, like, super successful. I agree. I mean, also, I mean, also, I think tastes and appetites have changed. Like, when we were kids, those Star Wars figures, they were just every kid, every boy, at least, and nearly everyone I knew 
had those figures. It was a question of what figures you had. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm. I, I, and it does feel like yeah, that was a long time ago. And I think it, the market has changed. Obviously, statues are very popular. Um, I just wonder. I mean, I don't know. I, I just wonder if the market well, is the same, you know? Well, that, that's the thing. I don't think the blame is, is solely on them in a sense. So the thing is, I don't know if toy sales are that good anymore because for most kids, I think the toy is now the iPad or the iPhone. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they just fucking play shit on that. And I mean, a lot of kids that are 10, 11, they're busy playing fucking Roblox and uh, Minecraft and they're playing Fortnite and all that sort of stuff. So, but the problem is, is that if, if your market then is the collectors, you'd not put anything out that the collectors want. You know what I mean? They're not interested in your in your toys or your characters. So you've kind of burned both bridges in a sense. You've you've they got the younger demographic who I don't think are, I mean, my nieces and nephews, I I don't think I ever see them with toys. They always want an iPad or an mm. iPhone. You know, even though they get told no, you know, they'll eventually just go play with, with something, but they're kind of forced to do that. And mm. so I just wonder if maybe a lot of kids are just not that super interested in toys anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, tastes change, you know, like, frankly, like things, you know, we live in a more digital age where these kids, uh, we didn't have access to iPads, you know what I mean? Like, we had the TV, but you turn well, the, that's t- the thing. TV I mean, if, if, if I could have He-Man on repeat on a fucking tablet, mm. I might not have ever played with the toys because you played with the toys because you would do that in between, you know, shows. That's that true. You had to wait As the next day and... And so you create your own. You're like, oh, He-Man, I'm going to... But if I could just watch, like, fucking He-Man, like, over and over and over yeah, or, yeah. you know, whatever cartoon, I wouldn't really need the toy because I'd just be sitting there watching the cartoon. Because we forget, actually, don't we? God, we're so... We're, it's such a different age, but, uh, like, Transformers, which was my big, big show, it was on Saturday mornings uh, early before we went and played sport. And you there was no... Like in the in the early to mid eighties, which is what I'm remembering, there was it wasn't on video even. You watched it on you watched it on the TV as it came out, kind of thing. You know, that was it. And and then yeah. you might chat about it at school or something. But like, yeah, it was kind of it wasn't blink. It was kind of blink and you miss it. And then there was but then there was this massive toy line, the Transformers toy line, and so you could just buy the thing. So in a weird way. You are right. Maybe the advent of streaming and everything it has kind of killed a bit of the interest for the kids in the to- actual physical toy kind of thing. Mm. There's got to be some causation there. I'm sure a, a, a more someone with more, a deeper knowledge of the industry, because I certainly don't have one, but could could map it out. Um, and you could track as what toys are selling. Like you know, okay, is it My Little Pony? I'm just using that as an example. And and whatever, like back in the 80s for, for girls, it was Barbie. You know, my sister had like a billion Barbies. You know what I mean? Like, and, but there'd be the equivalents now. Like what are selling now? Is it the really young, young, young kids that probably are still playing with toys? But when they get to, you know, eight, do they stop and transition to something else and whatever? I don't know. It'd be interesting. That's what so, I said. I mean, a lot of people go like, oh, no one's buying the new Star Wars stories. Uh, that shows you how shit the characters are. That could be true, but it also could be that the kids who, even if the, the kids, you know, the parents take them to go watch a Star Wars, maybe they're just not interested in the to- in toys in general or, yeah. you know, like that sort of thing. I, d- I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting to find out. Mm. Um, but uh, I tell you right now, 
Mm. And this is the reason why like Mattel and all those sort of companies are not doing as well as they used to mm. and why they're coming out with like the old He-Man variants and the She-Ra and the Transformers is because that is for collectors. That yes. is for the yes. old people 100%. that want to collect the old stuff because there isn't, I don't know if there's a big market anymore because as I said, kids have access to video games. They have access to on-demand viewing of shows and you know they can watch their favorite show over and over i mean yes i used to record he man onto a, 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 a you know yeah. vhs yeah beta whatever but i could only watch it if my parents weren't watching tv yeah you know come some point they'll be like uh, you've had <laughs> enough of he man i'm gonna watch the news so i don't know yeah it, it's, a, it's a completely different um it's a completely different um generation as you say now and there might not be the toy generation anymore mm. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. Like, I mean, these kind of things fascinate me. Like, when when I think about it all and all the different toys. And uh, okay, so here's here's what I was trying to think. Okay, so this was me the other day. I was on, you know, I was look, you know, when you're looking at Amazon but not really looking, you know, just kind of glancing. And up mm-hmm. came my favorite Transformer, Soundwave. Okay, up came a um, advertisement. For the sort of like the generation one sound wave, so it's it's like the original, but they've done it now, you know. But it, it all like probably with better, uh, you know, material or whatever. But it's basically the same sound wave as what came out in like 1984, you know. Um, they call mm-hmm. it the, the G1 sound wave retro edition, blah blah blah. And I and mm. I saw it, I went, oh, sweet. Um, that would be something that Davey could well be interested in. And as you say, a collector, it's a nostalgic thing, my favourite guy. And I'm thinking, in my brain, I thought, I wonder what that would be. And I'm thinking, oh, probably 30, 40 bucks, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Click on it, $319. And I was like, yeah. are you fucking... <laughs> I was like... I, I, honestly, I was like... And I'm not cheap, you know, I will spend money mm-hmm. and, and stuff. And I was like, really? Like, like no kid is getting that, like, as a as a... As a Sort of like when I when I used to go to the shopping center with my mother on a Friday, if I played all my cards right, if everything went my way, you know, I could maybe get a transformer like every now and then. If everything went my way. I'm not saying every week, don't get the impression I was there every week getting transformers, I wasn't, but if everything went my way, all the cards lined up in the world and right place, right time. You would get an I would manage to, to get just across the line to get an impulse buy transformer, which I forget what they cost, but probably about 20 bucks, you know? Um, maybe a tiny bit more, but around that figure. Now, no kid, I don't think, unless they've got the richy, rich, rich parent, is buying them Soundwave for $390. That is squarely targeted as at collectors with cash, like people like me. Yeah, those are the people yeah. that grew up on, on on Transformers that would be willing to yeah, um, you know, smack that cash down and go, I want that. That yeah. that old school figurine, but I I, I I actually, I, and I'm going to be brutally honest here. I think that's out and out price gouging for 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 that. Like, I I do not think that if you um, got that, that it would be that good. Even I, I reckon it would. Yeah, be but a, a but but yes and no. So yes, it is price gouging, but that's because they won't sell as many, so they have to get as much money off. Yeah. You know, because instead of selling thousands or millions, mm. like you did when so many kids bought them. It's only going to be maybe a few hundred, maybe collect. So, the yeah, the problem is is you, you're selling at a higher price because you know that you're going to be selling less. So I'm looking at them right you know. now, three hundred and fourteen dollars and ninety nine cents. Believe you me, 
like I am tempted. It's not that I'm not tempted. He does look cool. I just don't think it's three hundred and fourteen dollars worth of cool. You know, I oh, yeah. But I mean, you know, I would love to buy a bunch of stuff and all that. But when I go look at the prices, yeah, there's like it's like three hundred, four hundred, five hundred dollars. Mind you, getting, yeah, there's I, there's this Venom pool. So Venom, I've got my eye on this. Yeah, I sh- I've sh- I've showed you that. Uh, I love that. Uh, I showed you that ages ago. I I've kept my eye on it. It's seven hundred and thirty five dollars. Hot Toys figure. I am so close to buying this. Oh, like, see that? I if that was a hundred dollars less, a bit closer to five hundred, mm. I already would have bought it. It's just the fact that it's like seven hundred and something that annoys me. But yeah. you know, it's pricey. But but I I personally think that that Transformers one is overpriced. But as you say, they're they're targeting a niche audience, I guess. You know, mm. yeah. I I had um a really cool uh, when I went to Hong Kong for the first time. This is like ten years ago. I got a really cool Megatron, which I lost in a move or got damaged in a move. Didn't cost me a fortune. Like, and, and see, this is hilarious. So, Soundwave cost three ninety nine. Um, remember Blaster, the Autobot. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing, the exact same vintage G one Autobot. Have a guess how much Blaster is. This is all Australian dollars. Have a guess how much? Seven hundred. No, eighty five. Oh wow! Blaster is way less, and it's the same thing, same size. That's not way less. That's that's fraction. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 it, it it's so much less, man. Like it's it's ridiculous to me. Like Blaster for some reason is just massively underpriced, but fucking Soundwave has to be fucking gouged. You know? Well, Soundwave is much bigger um, uh, name recognition, though. Yeah, massively. I agree. Anyway, um, moving on from Dave just wrestling with his Amazon account and <laughs> deciding <laughs> if he's going to buy himself. A, you, you know I am so close to getting that Venom pool. Like, really, I honestly am. I'm so fucking close. I can taste it. Everything about that this this thing, it's Venom and Deadpool mixed together, and it looks awesome. Like, the only problem I have is Michelle would actually kill me because she knows, you, you know, how much I want it and that it's overpriced. And... It is a figure that will stick out. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> it's mm. Mm. quite quite sort of like in your face. Now you've got um, what is this thing you've got about some assassin photo? What's going on, Rich? What me? Is this wasn't your news? So Kojima Productions no. threatens legal action over assassin photo after racist jokes turned into misreported news. The studio says it does not tolerate such libel. Oh, right. So this was after the assassination of the former Japanese prime minister. Um, Mm -hmm. Some people on the internet uh, joked that this suspected killer looked like Kojima. Eventually, this reached Twitter where a far-right politician, Damien Rue, perhaps not understanding it was a joke, retweeted images of of Kojima with a comment that translates to the extreme left kills, helping spread it more. While Rue did eventually delete the tweets, it seems the damage was already done and might have helped mislead at least one news station in Greece that covered the assassination. So, in essence, some of these fucking guys on like Reddit or wherever the fuck they were on the internet probably as a gag did it and they couldn't have anticipated that it would go viral and, um, you know, they'd be loving this. I I call bullshit. Um, Why? If people don't expect things to go viral, then they're fucking idiots. No, they're hoping it will, man. They're hoping. No, I don't think they imagine it would. Like, you know? 
Well, you always probably hope that it does. Yeah. Because you'd probably, secretly, you'd be like, oh my God, I can imagine this. Dude, these guys would be loving it. These guys would be loving that it went viral. Yeah, of course they are. But this, but you know what? But this just shows you why, you know, I've always said to to me that the internet is one of those things where it's it's simultaneously the greatest and worst invention of man because, and there's a few that fall in that category because. Yes, it's fantastic having information at your fingertips, being mm. able to, you know, find things, whatever. But at the same time, people just read things on the internet and take it at face value or take it as fact sure. without doing more research, looking into things, um, you know, informing themselves. They just go, oh, my God. That big, oh, look, is it that big a deal? That's... Is it that big a deal, really? Like, you know. Uh, I, mean, I, I mean, I think if you've been accused of being an, an, an assassin, <laughs> it might be a big deal to you <laughs> as a That's person. And then so, people but, around the world but, are reporting But clearly it. he's not because the assassin. Apparently <laughs> reporters these days don't fucking look into stories. <laughs> they just write them. <laughs> Do you know how many? No, no, but this is the thing. But this happens all the time. Right. Um. uh, celebrities politicians news media they get fucking sucked into into reddit 4chan 8chan all these fucking shit posters yeah full this is not this happens all the time right and i just think it's ridiculous that people don't look into things before they retweet something well what happened to checking your sources kind of thing you know that kind of stuff you know oh yeah especially uh, yeah especially if you're a fucking uh, news organization you should be you should be double, triple, quadruple checking shit before you put it out there. And, and, and you know what? If you're a politician as well, fucking, you know. But these politicians you know, are clowns, man. You know, you know that. These politicians. Uh, I know, but I'm just saying it's so clowns. stupid to me that we've had the internet for so long and people still <laughs> just don't go, you know what? There's been a lot of, you know, people have been fooled and, and tweeted the wrong stuff. Let me just look into this first before I retweet it. Well, like, he was he was eager to anyway. prove his point of what he thought about the extreme left like you know he was he was he was trying mm. to he was trying to grind on that on that one um he was doing well, and he got made to look a fool so he's only got himself to blame for that he does he does um yeah i there was there was some supposedly oh you know what it was um it was the outrage thing um recently there was there was something which i was like am i outraged or, or am i not outraged should i mention this to you it wasn't the warren ellis thing it was something else and i and i i will remember it during the show but i i started to think about it and i was like you know what i'm not at all outraged it wasn't warren ellis it was something else and i was just like i sometimes feel like this there's this kind of pressure to um appear as if it's if it's slightly edgy that we're supposed to be like oh you know think of the children and i was just like you know what i'm getting tired of it kind of thing this whole like oh my god how could he dare do it i'm like well what you got was a bit of a rawness is it really that bad you know it was it was one of these you know what i'm trying to say rich like it was one of these moments where you know you, you i was it's tiny, doing like as if I was a tiny bit outraged on behalf of on behalf of some issue, and I was like, you know what, I'm really not. I think I'd like to go back home and take it easy. There's a woman that I'd like to get to know, a living there. Everybody seems to wonder what it's like down here. I gotta get away from this day to day running. 
every time I think about back home, it's cool and breezy. I wish that I could be there right now, just passing time. Everybody seems to wonder what it's like down here. Alright, it's Weekly Comics, Rich. We're finally Woo. here. Yep. Now, my first one up was Lobo Cop, which was an Alan Grant uh, Lobo, Robocop uh, kind of parody um, from back in the 90s, I assume. Uh, man, this was fun. Like, this was balls to the wall, crazy Lobo mixed with Robocop fun. I gave it 8.5 out of 10, and I actually really enjoyed it. What did you think? It's okay. Mm. Okay. Um, For me, I I thought it was absurd, crazy kind of fun. And funny because, you know, they say Robocop was a real ripoff of Judge Dredd, which, of course, um, Alan Grant was a massive writer of Judge Dredd. Um, They do say that Robocop stole a lot of Dredd's lines and stuff. Now, whether that's ever been acknowledged, I don't know. Ah. I mean, they're well, both robotic, so that's always going to be a bit hard to. Like, I, um, I mean, I, I don't know. know how true it is, but that's definitely been an allegation that's been leveled over the years at Robocop that I'm aware of. I don't know how, if there's any truth to that or whatever, but um, it's definitely been a factor. But what makes it more ironic is that Alan Grant was such a um, Judge Red writer for many, many years, and then obviously he does this parody mixing with Lobo, who's obviously another character that he's done tons with. I mean, I gave it 8.5 out of 10, and I honestly would recommend this to Lobo fans. Um, I think this is one you're sleeping on kind of thing. Where are you? Um, yeah, it's definitely up your alley. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's definitely that uh, <laughs> really over-the-top, hit you over the head repeatedly, uh, humor. Um, so, I mean, if, if you're into that sort of thing, it's definitely, it, it's definitely for people that just, like, yeah, if you just want that fucking zany, zany, over-the-top fucking... I need it, man. I need it. Yeah. Seriously, like... Oh, yeah, when I, when I was reading this, I was like, yeah, Dave, you know, this is this is Dave to a T. This just non-stop fucking non-stop, <laughs> non-stop, you know. Yes. And again, I mean, maybe that's also why you gave Thor seven. 
<laughs> well, I gave Thor a seven, yeah, but this was a lot funnier, and this was kind of my kind of humor when when, when done well. I, I think Alan Grant's very good at this, and it's very in keeping with his whole Lobo aesthetic as well. Like, so if you like his Lobo, you'll love this. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's it, it's basically. And I like the storyline too. It was kind of funny how they had the the heavy metal playing in the brain. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, that was yeah, good. Yeah. So, what are you giving out of ten? Brains wearing headphones. Yeah, man. What are you um, giving out of ten? I'll I'll give it a seven. The art was really good. Yes. Um, it, it's 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 a good. It doesn't really. It doesn't parody RoboCop. It parodies oh. the world of RoboCop. Yes, but indeed. not actually RoboCop himself. So, no. in, in that way, it's a bit funny. They weren't actually, you know, because. There's not much you can really parody with Robocop. I mean, he's literally just a fucking machine that, that follows his directions. around, but, yeah. But the world of Robocop is definitely rife. But in, in a sense, Robocop itself is already a parody of corporatism, um, mm. you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, America. So, you know, um, they were just sort of having fun with the whole, yeah, corporatism sort of yeah, angle definitely. and all that, which was fine. It was fun. You know, the, the, the villain in it was... was pretty funny and all that but as i said i'm uh I, i'm just one of those things where i get very tired right um, of what uh, jokes we're, we're, of constant like every panel um every panel being a joke is that because like, you're I no just, fun is that because you're no my, fun my, my brain just <laughs> no because i think humor should be sparingly as well so that you don't sure you know but that would be with anything i mean if something was like super high octane non-stop mm. i'd also be like jesus christ like give me a moment to breathe yeah you know yes it's, it's funny but i, I just want to you know just want to you... have a stop and attach my breath you want to relax i just feel like i have no time to stop and take my breath <laughs> so... oh yeah no this this is i no yeah i agree there is no pacing other than just full bore satire you know humor like absurdity like that's the cold comic you know what i mean like there's there's no nuance or, or you know you know paste paste humor like what you're talking about I, I know what you mean and there there is none of that here is there no no as i said i'm it's breakneck like just every panel is a joke yeah i know i know well, and again, that's fine. If if that's someone's if that's what you cup want. of tea, then that's what I'm saying. Like this is for you. Like if mm. you if you're like, yeah, every panel's a joke. You know, it's kind of why um uh you know, with like the Deadpool 2 movie, mm. um I, it it's hard when you you like I enjoyed it when he has those moments with uh what's her name? Ness, I think. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but sometimes with like the cable thing, like he just doesn't stop. Like, so even when cable is trying to be dramatic yeah. or, or, or be touching or moving, you know, he's cracking jokes, but I'm just like, like, I feel like there's a time in the place, you know, like, sure. Um, like the whole, when, when cable comes in for the help and, and he's got the baby legs and they're showing the penis, I'm just like, <laughs> you got to like, I get, you did it once, but the, it, but the joke never stops. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's continuous and continuous and continuous to the point where I just go, Jesus Christ, like, just, I get it. He's got a baby dick and baby legs. It's, it's, I get the joke. You don't have to keep hammering it. Yeah. But of home. course, of course so they will. I'm just with that. I, I enjoy a good joke. I just don't like jokes that get hammered into the ground. Yeah, like repeatedly, repeatedly. So, no, I but, hear, man. Um, I hear. But anyway, I mean, it, it was what it was. They put it out. I knew, you, I knew you would love. This. Oh, I'm you loving it. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. Dave, 
I, I was I, like, I'm surprised Dave didn't give this a nine out of ten. Well, <laughs> I considered it. Like I, because I'm, you know what I think. I, when I'm in that mood to watch that thing, and I put in this category, Alan Grant's Lobo, uh, Rick and Morty, uh, the Harley Quinn TV show, I put them all in that category. I because it's my it's it's all like I I I can just relax. It can be fucking zany as fuck, and I just don't care. Like I'm I'm in that you know I I, I just don't care. There's just nothing as far as I'm concerned. There's nothing that won't go kind of thing. That's kind of where I am for this kind of stuff. And you, and for me, you know, if I'm in the mood where I want to watch something serious, I would just not go in anywhere near those things, you know? Mm. But for me, they're often like late at night, sort of before bed, a really nice way to kind of cleanse the mind and just have a bit of freedom. I enjoy that kind of stuff. But, yeah, it is its own humour. And I put all those things as examples in that thing. BoJack Horseman, another thing. Of, of the, I enjoy that kind of humor, but again, I don't watch it all the time, twenty four seven. You know, because it does get sort of, you know, it it has a life expectancy kind of to it, of course, as as all things do. Rich. Now, um, then we had so I gave it eight point five out of ten. You gave it a, what a seven. Um, mm-hmm. Then we had Berserker nine. Now, Richard, I, I I honestly I know they locked him in a box. Other than that, I I do not understand what is going on. What is going on in this comic? Because this comic feels oh, like it's no lost idea, the plot. Man. Yeah, no idea. I have no idea what's going on in this comic. I actually felt, if I can be honest, I felt this was a poor issue, and I think Matt Kent, like who's obviously scripting it, and and I think surely writing this, I think Keanu has left the building. Firstly, I think Keanu has officially run out of any ideas for this comic, and so then the professionals take over, and Matt Kent. I mean, you're at, you're at issue nine, and I feel like you have completely lost the thread. And it was, if you remember last issue where they did the flashbacks all the way to the dawn of time, um, that's often a sign yeah, that I, you, did, I I didn't know what was going on in the last issue either, so that no. I'm even more lost now. Yeah, this wasn't good. The, 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 actually, can I say it was actually pretty poor? And um, also, what is the female? Does she have powers of her own? She seemed to somehow gotten powers from him or i don't know something to do with his blood or something. i don't get i don't I, honestly i don't know man it doesn't like, feel like if it's you put, been if, you, if you put if you put a gun to my head i would be dead <laughs> like yeah. if someone put a gun to my head and said explain this comic i'd be like shoot me <laughs> yeah it's over um i i look interesting concept not original <laughs> can i say um but i think this comic has run off the ra- i'm giving this 3.5 out of 10 and i think i'm being generous what are you giving it rich Last time I didn't score it, so I may just stick with that. Well, you've got to give it a score, Richard, even if it's a zero. Well, I, how, I, I don't even – okay, fine. I'll give it a zero then because yeah, I honestly fine. don't know how to score something when I don't actually know what well, the fuck fine. is going you on. Still like, can, you still can – you've still got a brain. You can still say, okay, it's one out of ten, it's zero out of ten, like it's whatever Yeah, out but of 10. usually those ones where I give bad is because I do understand the fucking story. I just hate it. Like this, I'm like, I don't even know what to give it because but, but I don't even know what happened. That's its own review. It loses points for, for being confusing and I don't think it knows itself what's going on. Like, so Keanu has disengaged completely now, I think. I think if he, he, if he was if he was ever engaged in the first place. Yeah. Well, yes, a good point. I mean, I'd like to think he was, but who knows? I think he was engaged at a certain point in the conception, of, but, but I think he, he kind of put some ideas out there and then, you know, kind of trusting that 
Matt Kent, who's an acknowledged good storyteller, would actually come up with something, but it feels like these guys are just, they're spinning their wheels. Like, I, I just don't understand. I actually question whether this comic even deserves another issue after this. I think we're going to stop doing it on a single. Yeah, I mean, in, in this issue, he kind of like, in the last issue, he gets like shunted, you know, to like some sort of like astral plane mm. sort of thing. And then he comes back and then he just starts fucking wholesale <laughs> slaughtering everyone. And I'm just like, why? Is, is it just because he's lost his mind? Like, Because he's gone full why, berserker. Why, why is he killing everyone that he used to work for? I don't understand. Well, he goes full berserker. He's always done that his whole life. But what they did, yeah, you know, was so... But usually there's you know, a reason for that because he's fighting or because he's been put on a mission and he gets the bloodlust. Yeah, he just comes in just like, rah, fucking tear you all apart. And I'm like, what's happening? Why? Yeah, I know. It wasn't good. Um, but anyway, that, you know, it was what it was and it wasn't it wasn't fascinating. Then we had Ghost Rider 2099, uh, issues one and two. I'm tempted to give this a 10 out of 10. I thought... I actually felt, reading this... This was as good as any comic has ever been, ever. I yeah. I love Ghost Rider. I love Cyberpunk. You mix the two together, you come up with Ghost Rider 2099. Kids, you're sleeping on this. Go, go to the internet. Download this. Fucking do it now. Transverse City, baby, is where the action's at. This was my favourite thing that I've read in years. I think this was... I'm, I'm going to award a very rare score. 10 out of 10 for both issues. I don't think I've ever given a weekly comic 10 out of 10. Both issues 10 out of 10. Untouchable. Probably, probably a good reason for that. Every person involved in this project brought their absolute A game. The writer mixed with cyberpunk comes up with this. Uh, they should have been given Eisner's Lifetime Achievement Award Eisner's. Now, Rich, where are you on this? Are you, are you as high as definitely me? Not that, definitely not that high as you, Dave. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I really enjoyed the art, actually. Um, yeah, I thought that was good. Probably the strongest point in this thing. Wow. Um, I felt like it was written by a, a real angsty teenager, so I was wow. rolling my eyes a lot. Um, oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> I don't quite get the whole point of this Ghost Rider. Um, what do you mean? At all. He's delivering justice, uh, man. Yeah, but that's not what they asked him to do. Apparently, he's supposed to go and stop a war, and then he comes back and he just starts murdering cops and I love it, man, uh, and thugs and all that sort of crap and all that, and and the fascists, as he likes to say. And Jesus Christ, <laughs> did I get sick of the slang? I love like the slang. after the first ten pages, Jesus, constant nothing but slang, 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 slang. <laughs> I was just like, oh Jesus Christ, like God. I'd oh. hate to actually stand there and listen to this person talk in real life because I'd just be like, what are you saying, bro? Um, look, it's it's an it's fine. It's a, it's a good comic. It's an interesting take on a techno um, Rider. ghost writer. I wish the main character was more interesting, um, more uh, maybe a bit more likable. It should be the writer. Um, so kind of, no, the, the 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 kid who becomes the writer. Oh, the avatar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah right. Which, by the way, it's his personality when he becomes the writer. Anyway, so it's not like it's a separate. No. It's not, like, it's not like, like it's not like the demon and all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, so you know, for me, it's a again, it's a, it's another sort of seven out of ten where it's good, it's interesting, it's got really good art, but um, I definitely would not have been collecting this um, wow. 
it, it would not be something that I'd like, yeah, uh, put in put as part of my collection. I would I would have um, if I'd been if I'd realised this was coming out, I would have been rushing to the store. You know what I mean? No, again, because again, this is your type of character. You love the. I love this kind of. I don't stuff. know. You just seem to love the angsty, <laughs> act macho sort of character when you have no reason to act macho kind of thing and all that. So what are you talking about, man, dude? He's not that angsty. He's just a very kind yeah, of like volatile. Is, Come on, he's a volatile no. guy, man. I like his. I like his he volatility. Thinks, no, he thinks he's so cool. Like when they're like. You know, you'll you'll face great hardship. He's like, ah, I'm facing great hardship my whole life. It hasn't stopped me yet, baby. I'm so cool. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. Man. Like, you know, it's it's the it's that oh, very misplaced head. sort of. Where do you? Why do you think you're this cool? You you're dead. You know, you got fucked up because you're an idiot. I loved it. Ten out of ten from me. Eisner Awards for everyone involved. I saw Chris Bachelo <laughs> uh, was like one of the artists. Chris Bachelo. Oh yeah, this is yeah. his this is his early early uh, early work. I think it's is it Bachelo? Bachelo. I think it's Bachelo. I I think it's I think um, you're right. But yeah, yeah, this is early in his his career, and he. Um, in fact, I found this easier to actually follow than his later stuff because his later stuff actually be, becomes quite hard to actually see what's happening in the panels because it's so stylistic. What's his um? um what what's what are the kind he did of X Men? Oh, I struggled with X Men when he was doing X Men. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know what? That was his X Men that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, it was pretty cool. Now, our trade of the week, uh, Fatal Attractions book two, where I think the biggest. I mean, this was a great read. Again, um, this whole Fatal Attractions thing has been a lot of fun. Um, the big moment here. The ripping out of the adamantium. Finally got to see it. I'd never read this. I I had read the Wolverine issue when it when that happens after the adamantium gets ripped out. You know that 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 issue mm. seventy five. So I'd read that, but I'd never read the whole Fatal Attractions thing. Really, really enjoyable. I've got some comments um, about it. By the way, Tash was going to be on, but she's actually really ill with migraines. So shout out to Tash. Um, okay, so. The whole concept here is this is this second one is is basically where Magneto comes back. Basically, you know, it, it was teased in the first book. This is the actual event where he comes back. So, what do we think of the acolytes and the cult of Magneto itself? Like, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty cool, aren't they? Like, um, they they are pretty cool. His own, it's his own X Men, man. It's his own X Men. He has a team, you know, unlike the like. It's kind of like it's a good answer to how the X-Men expanded. So obviously mm. back in the day you had the brotherhood of <laughs> evil mutants. Yes. <laughs> Which was, you know, because there was only four X-Men. Mm. Four? Yeah, four. So there was really only four brotherhood members. You know <laughs> what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought this was like a good answer to how, you know, because the X-Men ranks are huge now. You know what mm. I mean? You've got X-Force, you've got X-Factor. Oh, yeah, there's a ton got, of them. X-Men yeah. Blue and Gold. Yeah, so there's a lot. So he basically has his entire own army, to, you know, of, of acolytes to to give them something. Are you there? Just fucking most of them are psychotic. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, you that, know, yeah. so I like them. Yeah, no, I, I, I felt that they were, uh, they were excellent. Now, I've got another question for you, Rich. Are you ready for this one? Mm-hmm. Should sentinels be allowed to be made by private contractors or the U.S. government? Because, funnily enough, Xavier himself seems to be sort of defending the use of sentinels. Now, when we know what sentinels become in Days of Future Past, 
Surely the X-Men, I thought, would be a lot more wary of Sentinels being developed by the government. But X-Factor just, I don't know, I just was, well, you know. So, no, I disagree uh, in a sense. I mean, it all, the argument comes down to what's their use, mm. you know what I mean? As I say, a gun's not evil, mm. it's the person who uses the gun. So Sentinels, sure. technically by themselves, are not evil, it's just how they've been programmed. So, I mean... If if mutants are allowed to defend themselves with their own powers, mm. and and then humans who don't have powers should be able to defend themselves. So I, I I get his argument where he's saying, well, you know, they have the right to defend themselves. But yes, I don't, you know, this you don't want the Sentinels technically to be used for rounding up enslavement concentration camps. But, but you know that's what's going to happen. Know. You know, you know that that's in well, the no, end. you know that is what happens. But it, it, that's why he's working so hard to change people's minds about mutants now, so that the the, the sentinels could be used to protect both humans and mutants. You know, mm. from from possible threats and all that. So you mm. know, he he look, he's not gonna, he's not going to be able to go in there and convince him not to have sentinels. Mm. So what he needs to do is try and convince him that the sentinels are not needed for mutants but guess what yes for people like magneto and the acolytes probably sentinels is a good thing to to combat yeah, yeah, yeah. them yeah 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 um does magneto have a point do you think like it, i i thought the, i i expected i i was surprised that really there's a lot of doubt inside the x-men about their own mission and own dream and in a, in a good way, I, I didn't realise that the X-Men had gotten so fractured by this point in the 90s. Like, they are really doubting, like, like Colossus really doubts Xavier. Storm doubts Xavier. Uh, Colossus actually goes over to Magneto's side. Like, there's a lot of dissension inside the X-Men about really what Charles is doing. And, uh, you know, Magneto... Um, has his own sort of take. And this is Magneto to the extreme, you know, and I was like, I actually thought it was actually pretty well done, like the sort of interplay between the two of them. And and Charles, I'd never read Charles, I mean, maybe more in the more modern comics, but he really pushed himself all the way to the point where he was in that battle suit and walking around and being part of the mission. I was like, wow, Charles is really taking an active hand here, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, you, look, I mean, the, the, the thing is like, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. And I mean, there's always been a bit of fracture in the X-Men because, I mean, oh. they're all individuals. They're mm. all, you know, um, and, and again, Charles is changing as well. Charles, in a sense, is Magneto is kind of making him harder, you know, because... Mm. Magneto is doing such horrendous things mm. that will basically shatter his dream of a of a, a peaceful coexistence with uh, with humans. You know, I mean, what did he? I think he did something where he killed like thousands of mm. of people when he did a, a, a release the gas when oh, the yeah. reactor exploded and all that kind of crap. So you know, I think I think. Charles has got to the point where Magneto has basically pushed him over that edge of yeah. how 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 longer can he keep making excuses for Magneto? How long before mm. you know? Because he's always like, "You can come back, you can come," you know. 
it's not too late. And then at what point, and, and Charles asked the question, at what point do I just say fucking enough is enough and you need to be stopped? And, 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 he, stop and in this one, he that's where he got to. He, he was like at that point now, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, because I mean- you know? And and on top of that, as I said, you've got the 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 legacy virus. You know, mm. so he should be spending all of his time trying to cure the legacy virus with yeah. the, the best people on the planet. Instead, he's busy fighting with fucking Magneto again, mm. and they're fighting over the same shit. And mm. so, yeah, he just gets to the point where he just goes, "I'm I'm sorry. Like, I, I know this goes against, you know, how I would like to resolve the point, but you've 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 you know, you've forced my hand to the yeah. point where I've given you chance after chance after chance mm. to to de-escalate things, to stop murdering and slaughtering wholesale humans, and you just won't stop. Well, he did that thing with he did that thing with the magnetic field on the Earth, and he just he killed literally thousands. You know, so it was like, yeah, it was it, it, Magneto had just gone right over the edge completely. You know. In terms of what, there was no redeeming him in Charles's eyes anymore, and Charles basically felt that he was complicit if he didn't stop him. You know, Charles was like, "I am now complicit myself because exactly. I'm, you know, not taking action." I, I actually yeah. felt it was I, really I'm not well responsible done. for all these deaths because you haven't stopped. I wish the buck was still silver And it was back when the country was strong Back before Elvis, before the Vietnam War came along Before the Beatles and yesterday when a man could still work and still would It's the best of the free life behind us now The good time's really over for good I wish Coke was still cola And a joint was a bad place to be It was back before Nixon lied to us all on TV. Before microwave ovens, when a girl could still cook and still would. It's the best of the free life behind us now. The good time really over for good I'll be rolling down a hill like a snowball headed for hell With no kind of chance for the flag or the liberty bell I wish a Ford and a Chevy would still last ten years like they should. Right. 
The best of the free life behind us now The good time's really over for good Stop rolling downhill like a snowball headed for hell Thank you, Will. Stand up for the flag and let's all ring the liberty bell Let's make a Ford and a ship that would still last ten years like the should The best of the free life is still yet to come The good times ain't over for good Now I want to do a shout out to Random because this is not a character I've ever heard of but this guy was just so 90s man um, There was a lot of these guys in the 90s like basically I sort of miss it. Like, it's that kind of like, he, as you said, kind of angsty, anti-hero, kind of mercenary character. Were you familiar with this guy? Had he been around long? Oh, yeah, 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 man. Uh, if you like this character, then you need to read Ick Factor because that's where he shows up a lot. Okay. Um, cool. He becomes like a sort of like um, a frenemy to the X Factor team. Okay, cool. Um and uh, so, yeah, basically, he's a mutant. His body's made of, like, basically plasma or plasmoid. Mm -hmm. And he can basically... He's technically kind of like a shapeshifter as well. Right. So he can morph his body into um, stuff. And he generally tends to morph his arms into, like, massive cannons. Right. That he fires basically like plasma blots on. Uh, did you want me to actually... Do, do you want me to spoil the character for you? Or go for it. I don't care. Do you want yeah. to wait till you read it? No, go for it. He's actually a kid. Really? Yeah. So because he can morph, as you can see with the guns and all that, he's actually like a teenage kid and he morphs into this big bad, ah, what he right. imagines a badass bounty hunter is. That's cool. Well, yeah, he was a cool character. So I do want to read some X Factor. Uh, now, my other question was when they go to Magneto's grave, in that actually really good issue with that guy who wants to assassinate Magneto um, and his brother was killed, like who and what is the cow woman that's just around the grave and then he's that when he goes back is there again like what is going it's not explained rich is, is am i supposed to know who this is uh i mean if you're a big uh nerdy character a person who's read a lot of stuff then yes right um it's actually she's a creation of uh the high evolutionary right okay Rod of his new men, you know, when he, he created all those animal right, okay. men. Um, and I, I think she helped. Uh, uh, she was basically the midwife for um, uh, Magneto's wife when she sort of left him. Ah, uh, okay. Um, right. Kind of thing and helped deliver the kids and all that. And, and she oh, she helped deliver Pietro and, and Wanda. Yeah. Yeah. And she, and she gave the kids to, uh, at, at some point, the gypsies, the, right. the, the gypsies that ended up raising them. I see. And I notice here as well, they mentioned that Magneto's family was a gypsy, whereas in later stuff, I thought he was Jewish. Am I wrong? I always thought he was so Jewish. He, yeah, so basically he's not a gypsy, he's Jewish, but uh -huh. I believe his children were raised by gypsies. I see. Right. Okay, thank you for explaining that. Um, how about when that guy who wants to kill Magneto, 
He gets really excited when he sees a white-headed guy on the plane and he just assumes it's Magneto and then he's going to get up kill this guy and it's like not Magneto. And I was like, well, this guy needs to settle down, you know. <laughs> well, he's lost his mind a bit because he even remembers the uh, the original story wrong of mm. what happened to his brother. That's true. Which you find out later as you're reading it. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's, he's, a bit bo- he's a bit bonkers. So then we had the scenes, which I thought were really good, about breaking into the base and Colossus helps them in and then there's the big fight scene and Wolverine goes after Magneto. Mm. Now, I don't know if it's just my copy, but when Magne- when Wolverine slashes at Magneto, it, does he actually even wound him? They say he does, but when I look at it, does, I'm just seeing they it. Just don't, they don't draw it, yeah. But why? I mean, they they got like, oh, he's oh. bleeding so much, but like, there's no blood that I can see. Um, maybe because of the way the script is written, maybe it, uh, they didn't have a panel for that. Maybe because other things happened. I don't. I, again, I would not be able to answer that. All, all he's got is he's literally got an X slash across his armor to his chest, but like, there doesn't look like there's any marking on his chest whatsoever. And they're all going, oh, he's wounded so badly. Oh, he's bleeding so much, and I'm like. There's literally no blood whatsoever on his body. Because it's rated G. No, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So I um, didn't answer that question. It was also interesting when Magneto was saying Wolverine was like his you know, most respected foe and all that. I was like, I didn't realize he rated Wolverine that highly. I, I always thought it would have been Charles. But uh, He was probably just making him feel good as before he ripped his adamantium out and killing him. Massive <laughs> moment. Now, take us back better. to the 90s, Rich. I, I wasn't reading Wolverine by this point. And I became aware after the fact that he lost the adamantium. Now, were you in the stores on the ground in the 90s when this happened? Because I imagine this would have been a seismic shock in Wolverine fandom. Uh, no. So, uh. I, unfortunately, again, I, I, ne- I was not able to collect comics monthly and all that sort of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I collected them randomly mm-hmm. where I could find them. So I do have a lot of these collected in floppies, but a lot of us also going back and collecting it. Sure. Uh, once I, I sort of moved to a country that had quite a few yeah. comic book stores and I could go around and all that, but I would just pick up random stuff in news agencies on mm-hmm. uh, on uh, racks and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I never got a comic shop that I could just go to every month and buy it. So I did come to this maybe a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um but I do remember thoroughly enjoying it and was quite shocked at the Wolverine thing. But yeah. I wasn't collecting Wolverine comics, so I don't quite know mm. how it played out in his comics. Well, I'm reading. Uh, but the, I, I do yeah. remember that he became, he survived this and he did, he started becoming more feral, yes. if I remember correctly. Uh, and I'm reading that at the moment. And that's going to be included in the new Wolverine collection, Tooth and Claw. That's with Val Simeok's on art, actually, for, for much of it. Uh, where he's more feral and then Electra kind of leads him back on the path. Um, I'm reading it right now. It's pretty interesting. Oh. But I don't remember how he got his Andamantium back, though. That's the uh, other thing. I believe it's, it involves Apocalypse. Um, I believe it involves Apocalypse when he makes him a horseman or something. Oh, yes, yes. Actually, now that you say that, I think I remember that now, yes. Yeah. I do remember him becoming a... Uh, a horseman, yes, yes. Yeah. So I, th- I, th- I think it's then. So, yeah, but but like overall, really, really good read. Um, I was quite shocked by Colossus leaving. Um, but then again, it made um, sense. You know, he'd had the head injury. Yes, his sister had died. Well, 
it's supposed to be shocking. Yeah, I'm sure they succeed in that. But yes, as you say, it makes sense because he's he dropped everything. Yeah. Um, to follow Xavier and his dream, mm. and as he says, it's cost him his, his whole family. Yeah. You know, he, his brother killed his parents and committed suicide. The last family member he had left. Um, she dies and he's not there. He's too busy helping Charles with his dream and all that. But what I love though is that when he joins the acolytes and all that, right? Mm. And one of the characters say to him, "Even you admit that Charles is is wrong." And he goes, "I never said that Charles's dream was wrong. I just said it wasn't right for me anymore." Mm. And I was like, "See, that's a cool distinction. He hasn't. It's not like he's like, oh, I hate Charles and his dream. His dream is wrong. What he's no. saying is." Where I am in my life now and all the shit that happened, I just don't feel that, like, yeah. I don't feel I represent the dream anymore. The The dream's lost its luster for me, but it doesn't mean he's wrong. It just means I'm not, mm. it's not right for me anymore. And I was like, that's a really interesting, cool way of of, of doing it where he doesn't become bad, you know what mm. I mean? Yeah, I hear you. I really liked Wolverine's scene with Jubilee when he leaves and he writes the note. Um, when he leaves on his bike, I thought that was a quite you know cool scene. And he writes a letter and stuff. It says stick with Professor, um, you know, and Wolverine goes solo basically. And I I thought that was a a really cool sort of sequence. Um, quite touching because he's he's got the adamantium claws, he's got the bone claws, which I thought looked really cool. You know, and he's popping them. Well, that was a shock to day. everyone because because I everyone at that point everyone thought that the claws were because of the adamantium. Yeah. Including you Wolverine. Know, they, they, exactly. So he, yeah, he didn't even realize that he had bone claws, which I thought was very interesting. That's the first time they did or that. Although I must be honest with you, <laughs> the I never was a fan of the, the look of the bone claws because they just look so gnarly. You don't like them? Well, they, they made them look like... Uh, so our bones... Mm. Are pretty. They can be pretty straight. I mean, if you look at your your femurs, your you know your 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 arm bones and all that, they they can get pretty straight. Mm. So I always thought it was so weird that his his claw bones came out so like bumpy and gnarly looking, mm. you know, almost like tree twigs or branches. <laughs> I kind of just wish that they were straight. Mm. Yeah, well, because the- if the adamantium coated his um his claw bones, why don't they have the same lumps and bumps? Because they would have just coated it. Why did they come out so straight? So I never like I never like the look of them. They just no, I know, but it. I never like the look of the bone ones. I, Fair I enough. I, 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 I think they look badass, like as a as a sort of counterpoint to how clean the normal claws look. You know, uh, I thought they went too far in 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 the not clean look. Fair <laughs> enough, but but like overall, I mean, this was your pick over two weeks, and. I really thoroughly enjoyed the whole ride Um, and it was – I'm so glad I read it because I've been putting it off to read for the show and it was actually better than I expected. Like because I was really leading up – I was reading it thinking it was going to all be leading up to the Wolverine thing, which of course is a massive part of it, but really the whole story was actually very interesting and – I liked it was you know there were a couple of issues that were a bit you know um, some of the side stuff where I was a bit less engaged but the maj- vast majority of this like I'd say seventy five percent of it extremely high quality very readable um, it had a point um, you know people 
were heightened but still themselves. It felt like an extreme event that I wish more events made me feel so invested, you know? I, I felt invested and, in and this event. It, and even though it was only for a short bit, it even got you interested in X Factor. Yeah, 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 definitely. And uh, and I'm well aware of X Factor being around. I've just never really... But I enjoyed the X Factor issues. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the X Factor issues. Um, heavily, actually. Uh, enough that I will read from the start of the Peter David stuff, um, for sure. Like, why not? I, I, I found it was very enjoyable. And I'm going to give this second half... Uh, a 9.5 out of 10. I, I really, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I, I think X-Men fans owe it to yourselves to read this, and I think it's as strong as any of the X-Men events that I've read outside of the really classic ones, like your Days of Future Past, your Phoenix. But, you well, know, a, lot of your, a, lo- a lot of your X-Men stuff is basically the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, the the classic eighties, the Dark Phoenix, you know, yeah. um, as you say, the Days of Future Past, uh, God Love Man Kills, Fall of the Mutants, sort of stuff. yeah, that, that, that's your classic like seventies to eighties, yeah, X Men, um, but uh, yeah, I think a lot of people they always talk about that when they talk about X Men, but I, I feel like the nineties kind of gets overlooked, sure, for some of the great storylines, and yet it was and, huge. X Men in the nineties were massive, you know. Mm. Yeah, no, really. I mean, but what as is, I said, but most people just seem to talk about the uh, which they should. Don't get me wrong. You know, the 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 seventies and eighties X Men is also classics as well. They are phenomenally written. But I I kind of feel like people leave a lot of the ninety stuff off their list sadly. Mm. Yeah, and they shouldn't. They shouldn't because this was good stuff. And I mean, we we read a lot of comics over the last two weeks for this event, and I I I I stayed engaged. You know what I mean? It kept me. I was hooked. It kept me interested. It kept me turning the pages over. I, I knew where it was going to lead. I, I knew the ending, and the journey was fantastic. And having all that uh, context really meant the ending was excellent. And I, and I thought that Wolverine issue was fantastic, and then Wolverine writing a note to Jubilee, it was like chef's kiss, perfect. Um, yeah, <laughs> nine, 9.5 out of 10 for me. What are you giving it, Rich? Oh, it's a 10 out of 10 for me. Beautiful. Wow. Full score. I like it, man. Um, now, we've got something different for next week. I'm gonna. It's going to be a shorter read. Uh, Phantom Stranger, four-issue Phantom Stranger from Paul Kupperberg in the late 80s. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I just thought of it. And Mike Bignolia on art. Mike Bignolia on art. Oh, nice. Yeah, from the, from the 80s. So And Phantom Stranger, I thought, a bit of fun, you know? I heard a couple of people talking about his run. It's only a four-issue mini. I thought, well, let's do that for next week. Now, I do want to say thank you to all the listeners. Welcome to all the new listeners that have come in after the Ed Greenwood interview. As I said before, we have plans. I'm chasing after a couple more D&D guys to have them on. Um, We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. Look. Honestly, anything you can give is highly appreciated. It helps the show. We do Dread or Dead. There's a new episode coming out next week with uh, myself and Adam. And, Rich, if you want to come on, um, we're doing Cry of the Werewolf, a classic Judge Red story. So it's not a ton of reading, so you might enjoy that. Um, oh, I'm a sucker for werewolves. So it's a classic Judge Red story, Steve Dillon on art duties. And then there's also a... IDW deviations um, sort of one shot where it's if Dread had stayed a werewolf basically 
uh, which we're going to do as well. So um, by the artist of Hitman, John McRae. Um, so he he does that. So, you know, interesting, interesting uh, one we're doing in Judge Red for Dread or Dead. And we also do Legion Outpost, which we'll be doing one in the next few weeks. But uh, Dread or Dead coming next week. Uh, so we have the Patreon. We're proud members of the collective. Uh, you've got people like Ray, who I had lunch with today. He does Into the Night, Lessons of Krypton. You've got his Spider-Woman show. You've got Phil and Lilith and Charlie over there at Capes and Lunatics just pounding out just about everything you could possibly do. They have a show for in comics. A ton of stuff. They've got their spider cast. They've got Daredevil. They've got all sorts of stuff going on over there. Um, and you've got, obviously, Inner Demons. Brian Beggy holding it down. Um, and plenty of other stuff on The Collective. The Collective is a great network of, of like-minded shows. Um, Rich, I mean, I'm I'm tired. I'm all punched out. Anything you'd like to say to listeners? Uh, thanks for thanks for popping in. Hope we entertained you. And I'm, I'm sure uh, we did. stick around for more. There's more to come, you know. In the words of Frank Sinatra, there's more to come. The best is yet to come. All right. Yeah. Thank you. That's <laughs> it, man. I mean, dude, hours in and I'm still saying there's more. You know, maybe I should take just a recorded bed and as I'm falling asleep, still talking. Can you imagine it, Rich? Like my meandering thoughts, like as slumber yeah, closes yeah. in. I can, I can quite easily imagine that. Uh, maybe some Punisher stuff from me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> What's Frank Castle up to right now? All right. On that note, I want to say thank you and good night. Good night.